0: All right, Justin and Heather, in honor of the boys tonight, I think we're going to play a little bit of a different game. We're going to go a little bit out there with it. Uh, We're actually going to, uh, I think we should go back to a suggestion that Heather made in a previous episode, uh, talking about one of the TikTok trends out there um, about doing uh, smasher passes and all that stuff. And I was like, I kind of dismissed it a little bit then, but now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like... Is there anything more perfect than to do that with the boys? I mean, just yeah. non-stop depravity, rage, sex, and a Smasher Pass game. <laughs> I think it's incredibly fitting. So, let's do it. Let's do a Smasher Pass thing. I guess you know, you guys just take turns throwing them at me, and I will just declare, you know. One of the two designations, I suppose.
1: And this is a game specifically for Sterling, everyone, because he would have the most fun with it.
0: (laughs) And I'm the most sexually liberated of us. I don't give zero fucks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm glad I made a good suggestion that worked at some point. So
0: It's about damn time. We're what? How many years into this? about time.
1: I'm very offended by that.
0: Yeah, damn. we've been we've been doing this for over four years.
1: Oh no, and I haven't had a single good idea until now.
0: Yes, that's what I'm saying. Is and I'm
1: just finding quote
0: another TikTok trend by Lizzo. It's about damn time.
1: I'm very offended. <laughs> damn.
2: Well, how well, Hilly, you, you th- know, you got to go first. This was yeah. your idea. So it should be you. I think <laughs> that goes first.
1: Okay. So I did see that there were a, a couple of suggestions or names that I know of somebody who threw out um, their first one. And this is just any like random celebrity, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, um,
0: well, I, I want to ask though, real quick before that, did they suggest it knowing what the fuck I'm doing?
1: Uh no. <laughs> All right.
0: There we go. That's even more fun. I
1: I preface it the same way that it was put on our on our page. Um so the first one thrown out was Adele.
0: Smash. Come on. What kind of fucking question, isn't it?
1: <laughs> okay. Go ahead, Justin. I like how you don't have to give a reason. You're just like, yeah, that's I mean,
0: it. <laughs> I didn't even have to think about that one. Come on. You gotta make it a little bit more. Yeah, I guess that
2: was just uh, too obvious. Yeah. Of a one. What about a uh, Sissy Spacek? Oh, Sissy Spacek.
1: <laughs> That's a random one, Justin. Mm. <laughs> I like that.
2: That's a good her, one. Think, think about your favorite version of her, whatever movie that is. You need to think about that and say, okay, that one. What am, am I going to do? This,
0: you know, what as weird as this going to sound for Sissy Spacek, I'm going to say pass. I'll, I'll preface that with if you had said uh her sister I would have said smash. So
1: who's her sister?
0: Hmm. The other Spacek.
1: I thought that was her daughter.
0: No. No, the the there are three Spacek siblings. Wait, or am I thinking of someone else? Hold on. Are
1: you thinking of the Qsacs?
0: I am thinking of the Qsacs. Hold on. Okay, <laughs> Sissy SpaceX. You're right. As soon as as soon as I said that, as soon as I said there are three of them. I was like, fuck, I'm talking about the Q sex because one of the Q is in the boys.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. The
0: Starlight's okay. mother. That's why I, I instantly went there because I actually thought Justin was actually putting somebody from the show. Ooh. You know what? I'm going to change my answer then. That is a Smash, Justin. In my head, like I said, I, I flipped it. That was the delay. So
1: are you thinking like Sissy Spacek, like Carrie era or. I haven't really seen her in a lot when she was younger, so I can only think of like older. I'm
0: going a little bit later than than the the, the Carrie era,
1: coal miner's daughter era.
0: Yes, the coal miner's daughter era. Yes, that's coal
2: miner's daughter era. I okay, a good way of putting
1: it. I just mainly, <laughs> and
0: it's not really because that that I personally am attracted to her. I'm not trying to demean anything about her in any way, shape, or form. I just think it'd be a great story. So I'd have to.
2: <laughs> yeah, it would.
0: Exactly. Like, I just think it'd be one of those great things to bring up at a party. So.
1: Okay. I'd have Another to. one that was suggested was um, Brad Pitt.
0: I'm actually going to say pass on that. Oh, really? I am on Pitt. Interesting. And it's, it's just about his personality. And I don't really? even mean that in a, in a negative way. It's just... I couldn't vibe with that. I don't think we're, we have the same vibe.
1: Not even, like, earlier, like, era, like, Fight Club era Brad Pitt? Is well, not personality-wise, even?
0: No. That's when he's, the like, the probably the most physically attractive. But, like I said, it's just... I couldn't vibe with it. I think we have... We'd have just distinctly different personalities. And... Wouldn't have a good bang because of that.
1: Interesting. Okay. Fair enough.
0: But then I almost want to say smash because once again, it's the story. But.
1: <laughs> right.
0: But no, I'll say a pass on Brad Pitt.
2: Okay. How about um, we'll go Meryl Streep, but Meryl Streep in costume as Margaret Thatcher on the set of. <laughs> Your favorite Meryl Streep movie? That
0: I'm gonna, that's that's instantly a pass. I was I was totally I was totally ready to say Smash, and then you prefaced it with that, and that's probably the one movie character of hers I wouldn't.
2: And Are you serious? It, it's still Meryl, though. Still, I mean, so she walks in. It's Margaret fucking Margaret, Thatcher, and you just can't do it.
0: No, no, in no <laughs> way, shape, or form could I get it up with somebody looking like Mary, uh, Margaret Thatcher. No, oh, God, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like how specific yours was. <laughs> well, how are we going to make this fun? You, you could have said her down. as no, the witch
0: and in into the woods. I would have said yes. You could have said any of her other characters, but that one, no. Meryl
1: Streep. Okay. It's it's. Oh Mar- man,
2: just imagine. Um, Devil Wears Prada. Hell yeah! I want to
1: cut <laughs>
0: you off. You been Meryl Streep and Devil. Yeah, no, that one fast. right there. Yeah, but nope. As it's the Margaret, it's the Margaret Thatcher of it all.
2: <laughs> yeah, I knew that would be a, <laughs> I knew that might be a hard pass. <laughs> it's the. But I want to you, you say it. I want the, to say the it. The British Ronald Reagan. Come on, basically, <laughs> basically, the Iron Lady. So oh. you know, you don't want none of the Iron Lady, huh? No. Okay,
0: my shit would melt like fucking steel beams. That's a terrible fucking joke. I should, why do you guys let me fucking do these things?
1: <laughs> man, I feel like, man, I got to think of like how to make them fun now. But my next one I was going to say for you was uh, Kristen Stewart. Mm. Think, okay. I'm about, actually going like, to say smash. Okay. Yeah. I don't need a scenario for you because no. I was going to say in Charlie's Angels. Yeah,
0: that's, that's what I'm thinking of. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's what makes it a Yes smash
1: only that only that movie more or less that's fair Other, I, I have
0: nothing against her outside of that even twilight movies don't offend me but yeah, yeah it's fine
1: yeah okay all right I'm worried what about where Jason's uh, gonna go <laughs> yeah Jason's <laughs> creative with these already Jasson's like, going to deep dark places
2: we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go Lawrence Fishburne, but the fatherly Lawrence Fishburne, um, single father Lawrence Fishburne from Boys in the Hood. That guy.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with a smash on that one.
2: You're Very wise, <laughs> very fatherly. There's you not. Know, he was. There's not many
0: versions of Lawrence Fishburne. I probably wouldn't go with. Okay. You know. He, He's a bald icon at this point. Got to go with it.
1: Yeah. Bald icon. I get that. I get that.
0: Yeah. Strong presence. Exactly. You know? Like I'm not necessarily into the whole S and M S&M thing, but I think I'd just sit there, and just call him Daddy nonstop. I'm down with it.
2: I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> it it just feels strong presence. It man. just feels just, just a, feels appropriate. Towering presence, yeah. like just
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go with a, okay, it's kind of, it's sort of a twofer. Okay, Joe Keery, but as Steve, and then also just Joe Keery. Yeah, it's a smash. (laughs)
0: For both? Yeah,
1: it's fine. Okay. It's the hair, right?
0: It's a double smash if it's simultaneously. (laughs) Because I'd be the envy of everybody.
1: (laughs) You get the character everyone loves and then just the normal guy that everybody loves. Exactly. That's fair.
0: Everyone would be jealous of me at that point. <laughs> I'd have to get a okay. tattoo of that afterwards.
2: <laughs> All right, next. Uh the Olsen twins both. So this yep. would be a threesome.
1: That's a that's a pass. Not not that's Mary pass. Not not Mary Kate Ashley. If it was Elizabeth, he'd be all yeah. over it, though.
0: <laughs> Not them. I, I just have weird, a weird connection with them
2: just because of like, you know, they're, you know, pretty much. Do you much still my, see them as kids? Do you still kinda, see Full House kinda. children? I wondered if you were going to say that. That's why I thought it was. A good I mean, even though it wouldn't be weird because she was a child
0: pretty much at the exact same time I was. It's just all my memories of them are when they're kids. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So,
1: yeah. No.
3: Couldn't
0: do okay.
1: that. What about Ariana Grande?
0: I'm actually going to go smash on that one.
1: Okay.
3: Yeah.
0: She seems like, like a somewhat stuck-up person, but... Oh no, I'd do it. I shouldn't <laughs> phrase it like that, but yeah, sure. Let's go with that. I'm just, justin has got me on the edge of my seat. <laughs> Cause I'm like, am I going to learn something about myself
2: with Justin's next one? <laughs> We're going to go Kanye West. Yes, smash.
3: <laughs> Just Dang. not even any, okay. Any well, all right, needed. all right.
2: Hold on. I was going. I was going. College dropout or okay. Um, you know. I was going to say there's only the height of his power. Genius. Kanye West. There's only Probably one instance. Really busy. Yeah. So this would have to be a quickie. Kanye yeah.
0: West. Yeah. There's only one instance where I would have said pass. That's why maybe I should have let you finish. And it's that's MAGA hat, Kanye. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I should have said that one. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, I can't believe I did not think of that. I you understand that one.
0: You going pink right. ass pole on a fucking backpack, Kanye? Come on, you going to think I'm going to pass that? Come on.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> one I want to ask because apparently this is somebody that a lot of people are like really attracted to that I just never really thought of um, Lee Pace. Hmm. Like, I've just been seeing a lot about him, especially on TikTok, about how he's just a 6'5", like, really amazing build, like, attractive man. And I just never really got that. So I'm curious what you think.
0: I'm having a hard time with this one. Because, unfortunately, the only thing I can picture Lee Pace as is Ronan the Accuser from Guardians of the Galaxy. (laughs) And that's a pass. I just, I, I can't picture him as anything else right now. So when you said Lee Pace, my, the first thing that popped in my head is Ronan the ac- uh, Accuser.
1: All right. That's fair.
2: Yeah. Um, we'll go with, how about Stifler's mom, Jennifer Coolidge? Yeah, smash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I figured you'd like that one. Next one might be more interesting, but I figured I'd give you a, that was a freebie. God, that was,
0: that's been the case for like damn near 16 years of my life. The fuck <laughs> even more than that. 18 oh, years of my life.
2: Really? So did did you have a good... So you were one of those people you had a crush You're on stiff- her the whole time? Yeah. Well, she was d- Stifler's mom. You, yeah. <laughs> really? Yes. Okay. Yeah, unquestionably so.
1: I feel like I'm learning a lot about you here, too. See,
0: to me, <laughs> that's not, not even surprising. I don't... <laughs>
1: Um, let me see. I'm curious. What about, what about Kate Winslet around like Titanic era?
0: I don't know why you're prefacing that. Yeah. Smash.
1: It's just always a smash. Okay.
0: I don't, I don't think she has a Margaret
3: Thatcher thing. So I think we're good. (laughs) What
2: about. Oh my gosh, I had it and I lost it. I I had it and she got me thinking about Kate Winslet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There are worse things to think about for you. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that was um, I hadn't thought about it in a while and she made me and I was like, oh, man, (laughs) I miss her on the screen. Um. That HBO series she was recently in, and the name escapes me, but it was good. It mayor was, of it was very good. Mayor of the East, mayor of East. Something Town. Something. Yeah, that was great. That was great. I highly recommend that. Um, oh my God, it's still not. I, w- I wanted it to come back, and it is not coming back. How about um, we'll go with Quentin Tarantino. Pass. <laughs> I knew you would like him. Motherfucker's gonna try to fuck
0: my feet. Hell no.
2: <laughs> Come on, man. You wouldn't be down for the no. good stuff. No. No. I've got really what big feet. Said, okay, for you, Sterling, no feet. No feet. Still no. For you, no feet. No, because like
0: honestly, another thing that's starting to bother me about Quentin Tarantino is every movie of his that he writes that he's also in, he finds a way to like have his character say the
2: N-word. And almost every single one of them, and I'm, I'm yeah, it's tiresome. I was looking at something about that, and I was like, damn, I don't know how that I didn't notice that until it was like brought to my attention, but I was like, damn, it is in every movie. Dude, I started thinking about the movies, and I was like, okay, that character says it in this movie, that character, and I was like, damn,
0: he. It feels like he goes out of his way to do it. And if he feels like it goes out of his way to, for him to always be the character that does it. And mm. you know, his like his character will have like one scene in the whole movie and that's all he's doing. He's there to drop the N word. Yeah.
2: yeah he one, gets away with it. Yeah. It is, it's one of those weird
0: things that I don't think I noticed it either until someone pointed it out. And then you're just like looking back on it and you're like, fuck, that's all he does.
2: Yeah, you kind of dismiss it because it's a movie or you don't ever feel the movie is like about that necessarily. Or or it feels like, you know, because his movies, there isn't anything that's just like on the nose, you know, or he might have a character where it kind of fits like a Django or something. So you dismiss it. But when you think about it, yeah, when you add it all up, what's that about, man? What is that about?
0: It's just, yeah, it gets real uncomfortable
1: real fast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good point. Um. So, because he's like a really hot commodity right now, Joseph Quinn, him and Eddie Munson.
0: We're going for another two for yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. As, long, as
0: long as there's no Metallica, we're good.
2: I was about to say, oh man, Heather should have been like, Metallica's going to be playing in the background. The most romantic Metallica song.
1: It's Joe Quinn and Eddie Munson, but Metallica is playing and it's not Saint Anger.
0: You can't change it. already (laughs) answered.
1: (laughs) That scenario is a pass. The first one's a smash. Oh gosh. See, I don't know. I feel like I would, I don't know if I would say, I think I might pass on Eddie specifically, but smash on joe i don't know i can't i can't tell
0: but see but also like eddie like aesthetically is more like me minus the hair you know like the tattoos and my aesthetic is like you know metal and all that stuff and
1: yeah i think it might just be honestly his hair that just throws me (laughs) as eddie but also it's because as his normal self he has like the facial hair which i think looks better on him
0: Yeah, but at the same time, for me, I don't have hair. And, you know, since I typically, you know, interact with women in that way, long hair doesn't bother me in that regard. So
1: that is, you know what, for you, that makes sense. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. That's fair. (laughs) Yes.
2: Yeah, it's all the same at that point. All right. This is my this, this is the last one I got, but it might be my best one. Okay, that musician that looks like you. Moby, Moby, <laughs> yes. So I'm gonna put Moby on the table. So essentially, you can go fuck yourself. Are you gonna do it? Smash have, have to smash. smash
1: that have to smash. <laughs> I don't think you look like Moby.
0: <laughs> I did when I didn't have a beard, and I had glasses and really? glasses and yeah, no beard.
2: He's gonna have to send you a side by side, dude. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. When it was when it was black.
0: Glasses and no beard. Yeah. I look just like fucking Moby.
1: Interesting. That was my fucking okay.
0: nickname in high school.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: When I shaved my head, yeah. People started calling me Moby.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: Like I said, okay. I mean, you know, now I've got LASIK and I've got a beard and I've got like nose piercings. But yeah, back in the day, no, nah, was, that was Moby. I'd have to at that point. I'm
1: learning so much about you. <laughs>
0: It's like I was it's like if I fucked Moby, it'd be like I, I fucked where I came from. You know. So, yeah, I'd have mm. to.
1: OK, Um my last one is going to be. Boys related. Um, what about Homelander?
0: Homelander passed. The motherfucker would kill me.
1: <laughs> Homelander, if he's not using his powers, though. <laughs>
0: Anthony Anthony Starr sure yeah smash homelander no pass he'd murder me
1: and then <laughs> and and i i can't sit
0: there and and pass on quentin tarantino for possibly being terribly racist and be okay with homelander
1: like <laughs> that's fair okay i mean maybe
0: maybe in universe if i didn't know that at the time maybe i'd be okay but being out of universe and all this other stuff I know his dick has been in Nazis. I can't do that. You know what? And that also, is to be fair. fair,
2: that death wouldn't be instantaneous. It's not oh. like you'd have sex with him and die. He'd be real clingy. He'd be coming around, and if you just said the wrong thing one time, then you'd be killed. Yeah. And that'd be a horrible way to live.
0: What if I said the wrong thing while he's fucking me, and he just, like, burns holes in the back of my head?
2: <laughs> Because that's pretty much what you'd be getting with Homelander. Yeah. You'd be okay for a little bit, you know. Oh, man. Think about it. But, if he just so had a bad day. Clingy. He'd be so clingy,
0: though. And he just he he just got done having a bad day? Yeah. He'd
2: probably hate fuck you to death. Yeah, that's true. That's true.
1: That yeah. is 100% something, yeah, that would happen.
0: See, nah, No, I couldn't do it. Not, not Homelander. No. Okay.
1: All right, that's that's all I had. I wanted to bring it back to the topic at hand, so I had to end it on something like that.
0: Yeah, these weren't as crazy as I thought they might be. Yeah, the Meryl I the Meryl Streep one that fucked with me a little bit. <laughs> I was so ready to say smash until you were all Iron Lady, and it's just it's the quickest turnaround
2: ever. <laughs> yep, I, I knew that you might have some reservations with that so yeah. I was hoping to get you g- to conflict you with that one Yeah, yeah I, I should have thought of more like that but I, I didn't think of enough but I should have they should have all been like that but it's okay now we know
0: and I said smash way too quick on Kanye if you had thought about it you could have fucked me right afterwards and said but it's MAGA hat Kanye and I would have been like fuck I already said smash <laughs>
1: Oh boy. That was fun. I, I, it was fun to hear your answers.
2: Yeah. I enjoyed
0: that. Yeah. The first one was way too easy, Heather. Adele. Yeah. And like I said, that's the one that you don't need a response to. It's just, yeah, of
1: course. <laughs> hey, that was, that was somebody asked me or somebody gave me that request. So I didn't really have like a backstory to give you for it.
0: Uh huh.
3: Uh huh.
1: But you would have apparently wouldn't have mattered because, Anyway, so yeah, who wouldn't? It's Adele. Worst case, like, I I I I agree. I was it was just one of the things.
0: <laughs> Worst case, you get a song written about you.
1: It'll be a good song. Best so. case, you get a song <laughs>
0: written about you. It works either right. way, and you yeah, got to have sex with Adele. No, it's good either way. <laughs> there you go.
1: She's beautiful. I get it.
0: Any version of Adele, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it was fairly easy. We might do this again, depending on the the movie. If it's another sex-depraved movie or something, yeah, sure. We can bring this up again.
1: Uh, We should have done it during the X movie.
0: Hey, Pearl's coming out. (laughs) That's true. We're getting Pearl. Yeah, Pearl is coming out. So, Maybe we could do it for Pearl. And if anybody doesn't know their Pearl is the prequel to X. So.
3: All right.
0: You know what the best song to fuck to is? But only if you're quick. I guess it's not good if you can go like an actual
2: amount of time. Yeah, I was about to say, man, this would be a challenge to... Hey, you quick. No
3: better jam. (laughs) Cinema
0: slayers, Slayers. Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And today, we're going to talk about what we liked, didn't like, and everything in between with the Amazon Prime series, The Boys. We will do a possibly filled with spoilers, maybe not spoiler section of just us talking about seasons one and two. So if you haven't watched those,
3: uh,
0: yeah, just go watch them. Just stop the episode now and just go watch them. Cause like I said, we're just going to talk about that and kind of our connection with the boys. Cause I, I actually read the comics too. So I have that connection with it also. And then we will go into our normal way of doing things with season three. We will go spoiler free recommendations and scores and then into a more spoiler centric section with season three. So that way, you know, there's time codes in the description. It'll allow you to jump around because maybe you've seen one and two, but you haven't seen three yet. So you can still hear our recommendations and our spoiler free thoughts and, you know, then come back. So with all that, I guess, Heather, what are, what are your, your thoughts on season one and, and uh, two of the boys?
1: Oh man. Yeah. So I came into this one super late in the game. Um, as you guys know, I, (laughs) I just started watching it in this past week or so. Um, but kind of having it fresh on the mind was kind of, it's kind of nice. Um, it's intense. Like almost every, I feel like almost every moment of the show is intense in some kind of way. Um, I mean, that first episode, I mean, within the first 10 minutes, you're just kind of like, this is going to be a crazy show if it keeps up the momentum that it did in the first like 10 minutes of the show. And it was um, I knew it was going to be a show I had to brace myself for because of knowing a little bit about what it was about and things like that. I feel I felt like it was going to be a hard watch for me just because. If I was going to binge it, it was going to be like really heavy to kind of binge the whole thing with all of the intensity that goes on in the show. Um, So I was really hesitant on it, but I'm actually really glad that I watched it because it's the story writing is so great. And the character. I mean, I guess you could say character development, but just the fleshing out of these characters and what motivates them, what drives them what causes them to react to things the way they do is really well done. And it makes for very interesting, just things that you don't think about with, um, what comes with being a superhero. And I kind of like the, I guess the, maybe it being a little meta, if you will, where basically they're just kind of making fun of the themselves and like how they're just marketing themselves and things like that. Um, I think is kind of a really funny aspect of it because it's kind of like a play on how the world is (laughs) with with like marketing their heroes and things like that. I just thought that was kind of cool. Um, Yeah, that first season, I mean. I think my only thing with it is like you're just I kept hoping in that first season that there was going to be at least more than one of the superheroes I ended up liking and rooting for (laughs) That just doesn't really happen in this show, but they're still so interesting to like, see what they're going to do. And you're really kind of on the edge of your seat the entire time on like, how are they going to react? What are they going to do? What's going to happen? Something's going to spiral. Something's going to go wrong, you know? And so it really, it's intense in that way. And it's captivating in that way because Because everybody is so unhinged, you just know something crazy is about to happen again, and that's kind of what you're waiting for in this show. And so I kind of slowly, I guess, like midway, maybe end towards the end of the first season, I stopped being like, okay, I'm gonna stop waiting for somebody to be the good person here, and I'm just gonna start looking out for. Okay, so what kind of spiral is gonna happen this time? And I think when you when I shifted my perspective, I was able to kind of embrace more of the the craziness that's meant to be that show, if that makes sense. Um, But no, it's really. It was good, though, like I'm I'm such that person that's like, you know, you want to see the good in everybody and you just want to hope that somebody turns around and realizes what they're doing. And I'm not saying that doesn't happen at all in the show, but in that first season, it's like man, like everybody is so messed up (laughs) and like, you're just like, it's, it's hard because I want to, I want to be like, okay, that person's going to be better, right? They're going to do better. And you want to see the good, or you want to like empathize with them or sympathize in some way with them, but there's not many characters you could do that with on the show. And, but it's, I think it's really brilliantly written that even though you don't root for them, You're still so invested in what's going to happen in the story with all of them. And I just think that that's a testament to the writing of how they're fleshed out, because you're like, no, this person's terrible, but I really want to know what's going to happen. I need to see what they're going to do. And so I kind of got very, I would say in the first few episodes, I got really kind of invested in that aspect of who are these characters, you know, kind of what's motivating them. Um, And that's sort of kind of took me through the whole show really is wanting to see the development that these characters have throughout each season. And, you know, if people get corrupted that weren't before, if people who were corrupted become not corrupted, like that's kind of the waiting game I had throughout this, but not expecting it after a certain amount of time, but at least still kind of hoping that that will happen at some point. Um, anyway, all that to say that first season was really great and it picked up momentum from the very start, you know, um, and they don't lose the momentum really. Like even, I, I just don't think that there's a boring or slow moment really in the show at all. Um, it's very, and it's not even just the action. It's the intensity of the conversations between all the characters and all of just the side stories, everything is just so, um, entertaining and interesting. Like there's not a boring plot line really at all in the show, which is really cool. Um, so yeah, I, I think the first season grabbed me pretty quickly and I like that it carried the momentum into the second season and, um, you know, in that second season, they really bring in, Ooh, when you think you've had some bad people in that first season, they bring in other people in the second season that you're like, didn't think it could get much worse (laughs) than the characters you already had. And they bring in some other people and you're like, yeah, this is going to be a whole thing. And you get to see more of, um, you know, Billy's kind of life and his motivations, which is always an interesting aspect because Billy is, you know, as the leader of the boys, he has a very special, type of wall up with people and it's kind of cool to see like not him necessarily taking walls down, but seeing why he is the way he is about things with people. Um, so I think that those are really cool and going into the second season, especially. So um, I, I just really, and I am glad that there are some characters that I start to appreciate more or like more going from season one to season two. But again, there are some characters that I like less (laughs) going into it. And just, especially the specific type of like depravity that some of these characters are a part of. It's really weird to think that you can kind of feel for them in some way, but then the way that they write these characters, you kind of do for some of them that you don't think you will And it kind of makes you question it, you know, it just kind of makes you question in general humanity and like, you know what I mean? Um, It, it, it has those deeper things. It's not just a show about, you know, messed up superheroes that don't want to do good things. Like it really does have some messages in there that kind of make you think about your character and you as a human and these people, these characters as humans. So yeah, I think it's the first two seasons were, really great I mean I I don't again like there's not a slow moment or anything like that so yeah I I just I really enjoyed the show so much more than I thought I would because of the nature of how hard it was going to be watch so much of what happens in this show which it is definitely hard to watch a lot of what happens but um because of how well they write the story and um all of that it made it absolutely worth it. So I am happy to report that I did like the show so much more than I thought I would.
2: Justin, what about you? All right. So when it comes to the boys, um, really, the reason why I started watching this was just because people in my friendship circle just kept raving about how good it was, and I know that um I believe you sterling also devin also um which used to who used to be on the podcast you were two of the people that were always just saying, hey Jas you need to watch the boys you need to watch the boys so i I wasn't as late as Heather who's watching like all three seasons just this past week and everything but it took a while for me to watch season one like I think um I saw it maybe, uh, it might have even been a year after it came out. I'm, I'm trying to think of when. I know, I remember I got to it pretty late. Um, and initially, you know, just looking at j- just what I could see on the surface and looking at previews and stuff like that, I I guess I had my reservations because it just looked like, to me, like a bad version of the Justice League. That's Those were my initial kind of reactions looking at it. And I was like, okay, so I already know what this is going to be. This is going to be a cool version of the Justice League. You're going to have these, uh, there's the, you know, Homelander is the Superman. The Deep was the Aquaman. Queen Maeve is Wonder Woman. There's a guy that runs fast, you know, um, A-Train is the Flash. So all I was thinking is, okay, so this is just another Like, look, it's it's the Justice League, but they're but they're mean. And I I just kind of, you know, I just wondered if I was really going to like it at all. Was this going to try to be too cool? Uh, Look, we're cooler than the Justice League. And I wasn't really going to be feeling the story. You know, I so I sort of had my reservations. And maybe some of that is, is that I've seen stories like this before The this kind of attempt to sort of take heroes we're familiar with, but then sort of twist them and shake them and put a dark version of them and stuff like that. You know, we've seen that within the the DC writing. We've seen that within the Marvel writing. So it's not like this concept has not been done before. So I'm just saying all that to say that. So going in... I kind of had all these reservations like, you know, what is this really going to be? Is this just going to be a copy of things I've already seen before? How, or is this something that's really going to stand out? Um, and overall, coming out of it, um, just looking at the first two seasons, I really enjoyed this, man. Like, I really like this series a lot. Um you know, I'm not going to say that it copies some of the stuff that we have with DC and Marvel, but I do think it benefits from some of that. I think it benefits from those IPs. I think it benefits from what Marvel has done with the MCU and kind of how superheroes are such a trendy thing right now. I think that the environment that the MCU created. The cinematic environment that they that that created helps this because now you can have this and you don't need to do a lot of explaining to the audience. You don't need to do a lot of kind of hand holding for the audience and things like that because this world that they've established, we can already kind of envision it because of what the MCU has done. So it's not that hard of a stretch you know what i mean like when you're seeing um queen maeve and you know they're trying to and you see these guys coming up going well you're the you're the person that's going to uh, 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 appeal to the female demographic and the girl power that you have is going to drive up those demographics and stuff like that like you already kind of understand and you can kind of understand where that's coming from because then you think about Wonder Woman when it came out. You think about Captain Marvel and all the things that were being said while those things were out. And then the boys comes along and sort of parodies or in a way, satires in a way sort of has some of those things in it. So it helps, but they do it in such a way to where it all helps the narrative. You know what I mean? It all helps it kind of come together. And I think that that's my favorite thing about it. It takes a lot of things that have been happening in society and a lot of things like that. And it just sort of asks the question, what if you really had superheroes in some of these scenarios? What would they really be? What if these... This Justice League actually existed. What would be going on with them? How would humans be trying to use them and market to them? How would the public see them? What would the politics of a place like this be if superheroes actually existed? And I think whenever the boys does those things, it's it's like great. It's almost like one of a kind in that way. And that sort of makes it a good alternative to like the DC Marvel stuff because you're getting kind of a a version of this that you're not getting with those things as far as the the satire of it all but I guess the best thing about the boys and kind of what Heather alluded to is even when it's not doing those things though like the individual characters and how they And the arcs that they have for these characters and how you get to kind of see these characters grow and how these characters interact with each other. And once you understand the motivations a little more, you realize that you're not just watching something that is just an imitation of things that you've already seen. There's some very good writing in this. There's some very good character development in this. And the acting is also great, too. I mean, there are really too many actors to name. I mean, maybe, uh, you know, I'll be more specific as we go into like what we thought of season three and everything like that. But just to name a few people like, um, you know, like the Starlight story. That was fun in season one. Seeing this person who is trying to be a part of the team and, oh, I want to be a part of the seven and being picked up, being selected and then getting the harsh reality Kind of the don't meet your heroes harsh reality of what the seven actually is and what they actually do and what they actually stand for and how everything, you know, everything is so corporatized and about these demographics and this and that. And it's about appearing one way, but really these heroes are another. So that shock of seeing her have to experience that and everything that she went through and the. Mouth raping with the deep and finding out how Homelander actually is and stuff like that. And her being this sort of character who just wanted to be a superhero. You know, she's she really genuinely, when the show starts and everything, she's that character that just really believed what she saw on TV and was like, I want to be what I've seen on TV. This is what I've idolized. I have powers I want to utilize them. I want to save people. I just want to be an actual superhero. And so seeing her hit with all of that was a great story. That was a very good perspective I thought. I thought that what she represented was a good perspective. And then the home and then Homelander, you know, and Anthony Starr's performance, who's his he's, he's got one of the performances that honestly I love in this. I think he's great in this. But Taking this Superman character and just saying, okay, what if everything about Superman, what if everything that Superman represented, like this beacon of light and hope and stuff like that, and what if we give you what, uh, what Superman would probably actually be, like in our American society and things like that? Would it be the same guy? Would it be the same guy flying around and standing up for truth, justice in the American way? And we all know just from our political history and everything like that, like all the corruption and all the sort of things that exist in America. So I like how they kind of took this um, American Superman icon and said, what if he actually was a reflection of what America is? And if you think about it, that's what Homelander is. You know, sometimes he is, he, you know, there there are going to be those traditional values and things like that, that a person wants to stand up for and may appear to stand up for and things like that. But much like America, there's this other agenda. There are these other things that happen. There's this history of things that you don't know about. And once you get the whole story, it's, you kind of realize how ugly things are. And I think that Homelander Especially and when you get those initial, especially my initial impression of him, that's what he sort of represented to me. He is a great reflection of what, you know, The Superman, if Superman is what America aspires to be, Homelander is kind of what America is. <laughs> you know, so to me that and I think that that's sort of all encapsulates in the show. Um the last thing I'll say, and I'll let one of you go for a bit um is that the show is also good about just taking current events, taking things that happen and things that people say, taking political views, and sort of finding a way to reflect them through characters to reflect them through the public, and things like that. So I think that that's good too, like the show is so smart because it relentlessly and almost unapologetically attacks everything. There's stuff about tokenism in this. And, you know, token blackism and the the effects of that and the kind of the, the, the political need to have inclusivity, um, using kind of inclusivity and stuff like that for marketing purposes and it not really being for the genuine purpose of being inclusive and stuff like that. Um, There's stuff in here about, like, liberal views, um, Republican views. There are things that happen in the show where it doesn't outright come out and say, this is a Republican, but you know that that's what that character represents. You know, there are are people, there are things in here where it doesn't outright say, okay, this is more of a liberal perspective, but you kind of know what that character represents. Um, there are views and things that you'll hear and phrases and stuff like that, that we hear in our society today, but they find a way to sort of mesh it with what it would be like if a superhero represented that or a person represented that or If this idea was being pushed, how would the superheroes, how would this company use the superheroes to push this agenda? So all of that is there and all of it is relatable because a lot of it is a reflection of the world we live in. So I think that all of that makes the boys worth watching. So I really enjoyed uh, seasons one two one and two for all of that whether it's the satire or whether you're just watching for the characters and there's journeys and what they do i think that there's a little something here for everyone and if you're looking for just an alternative to kind of the 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 marvel and the dc stuff if something a little darker a little bloodier uh something that's a little more that's a little sexier or something that doesn't um have to pull as many punches just because that that is sort of the presentation of what it is uh I think that this is something that people will will enjoy a lot yeah
0: i I agree with a lot of the things you guys said about seasons one and two um my thing with them is I went into this from day one when this came out, I watched it. Um, but that's also because I actually have history with the comics. Like I said earlier, uh, I read the comics years and years and years and years ago. Um, pretty much back when they were coming out and everything like that. Like, uh, uh, Justin knows this, uh, owner of a local comic book shop, Dale. He, uh, he's the one that suggested the boys to me back in the day. So yeah, I, I, Uh, I read The Boys back in the day, and going into this, I was really curious as to how they would do it. Because in The Boys, like in the comics, kind of like the show, it's very depraved, very violent, all those things. And I was really pleasantly surprised how they did the show versus the comics. I think at its core, the comics are good. But a lot of the ways they execute things are very dated. You know, a lot of homophobic things and stuff like that, which were right at home in the 2000s. You know what I mean? A lot of the story arcs in the boys are them exposing soups and they're like, oh, like this one's gay, and he doesn't want anybody to find out because it'll tank his brand. You know, that isn't as big of a factor nowadays. And I like the fact that they even use the, the reverse of that, in the boys, you know, and, you know, so they get a lot or they get rid of a lot of the problematic thing with the, the aspects of the boys, but they keep more or less the characters. Like at their core are more or less the same, you know, like Billy's the same type of character. Mother's milk is the same type of character. Huey Homelander. They're all they're all the same type of character. But they just don't go through the same stories. And so it's really great for me. Because. I don't know what the fuck's going on either. Like I've got this connection. With the source material. But I've got no fucking clue what's going on. I mean like I said earlier. This will have spoilers for seasons 1 and 2. The end of season 1. When Homelander. Takes Billy to see Becca. In the comics. She's dead. She is dead in the comics. Like definitively dead because the baby Homelander inside her lasers her to death whilst in her womb, you know? So she's dead. Like Billy sees it happen, you know? So in this, whenever it's like season one, look, here's Becca. I was like, holy shit. This is a new fucking deal. Like there, there's some things that are different. Like translucent is not a character in the comics. He's replacing the Martian Manhunter character from the comics. You know, there's other characters in the comics like it's, you know, but like little changes here and there. But like that was the one thing that was just like definitively like you're getting something completely different from the comics. Not some changes. You're getting a different story was that Um, in the comics, the heroes all take V. They all become soups. Like, and they all have basic powers. It's not like they're all, like, one super fast or anything like that. The boys themselves, they're just super durable, super strong, you know, above average speed, that type of shit. Just the most basic superhero powers ever, you know. So that's a thing in the comics. And, you know, you don't get that in the show. And I actually really enjoyed that. Because in in the show or in the comics, they do that because how the fuck else are they going to fight superheroes? But in this, I like it because they have to, they have to think, they have to be smarter. They can't just go fucking punch a guy, you know? So I really enjoy that aspect of, of, of of the boys. And like I said, you get to the end of the first season and you're like, they're like, yeah, this is a new fucking beast, you know? And so I really enjoyed that part of it. I mean, there's a lot more graphic sexual assault type of stuff in the, in the comics too, that they change. In, in the show, in the comics, um, it's not just a, uh, you know, the deep propositions her inappropriately and all this other stuff. In the comics, Starlight is forced to give like four other male members of the the seven uh, fellatio, including Homelander. Like, it's not like a, because she's like, Homelander, can you believe that A-Train's wanting to make me do this? And Homelander's like, oh, it's that time. Pulls his dick out. He, she in like, and he's like, yeah, you're gonna do this or you're gone. Like it's that simple, you know? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm glad they changed it in the show because you know that was the old way of doing things where yeah, you had to sh- show like graphically sexual assault or otherwise. It, you know, how else would people know they're sexually assaulted? You have to show it. It was like kind of the old way of doing things. You know, you don't have to always show that type of stuff. And I'm glad that they were able to change the way that happened in the show. Because also in the, in the, in the comics, one of the biggest flaws of the comics is all the soups are kind of the same. Like they, they all do drugs. You know, they all fuck whoever they want. They all do whatever they want they all do the same thing it's like they all have the same motivations you know and, but in in the, sh- in the comics there's hundreds and hundreds of superheroes like they make a full universe out of it there's x men characters there's you know what i mean like there's all kinds of shit like that there's i like in this that they change that like well some of their motivations are the same like you know a train in the deep and homelander all want to be famous they all want to be loved they all want the money but there's more nuance to some of their stuff, you know, like, you know, the deep is just essentially been famous and popular for so long. He has just at this point, no consideration for anybody. And he's also fucking dumb as shit. So it doesn't help. And then you, you've got Homelander that wants love from people, but also like, well, like from fans, but also like people. Cause like he grew up without a family. So he wants familial love. Like all he wants is love in any way, shape, or form. That's what he wants. You know, uh, A-Train, you know, he wants the fame. He wants the, the, the power, the prestige, and all that. But it's also like that ego thing of he still always has to be the fastest. No matter what, he cannot not be the fastest. And so you get some more nuance to each of these characters in the show. And I, I, I truly love that. I love, I mean, and I, I knew that this show was going to be different. It's in the first episode. I mean, that scene where Robin gets ran through. Like, I knew that this show should be violent. You know, like I said, the comics are incredibly violent. Like, you know. So I know the show is going to be violent. But you see that scene. And you're like, oh. It's going to that level of violence. Okay. And then in the first episode, uh, you're seeing naked men. And you're like, okay, they're going to go that far too. Cause there's tons of naked men in, in the comics, you know? So it's like, okay, they're going that they're going to also go that far, you know, with some of the stuff. And you're like, okay, like it, it, it really does a great job of setting up like tonally speaking that, that type of stuff. Like they do it in episode one. They're like, Hey, gonna be violence gonna be some nudity there's gonna be some shit like if you finish this episode and you watch the second don't complain later that that shit's in here like they do a good job of setting it up from day one um and i I really like that they give personality like like I said a lot of the characters even the boys themselves have a lot more personality in the comics it focuses so much on Huey. and and butcher and a little bit a little bit too with mother's milk but like Frenchie and in the comics they just call her the female she's not even Kamiko. she's just the female they don't really get a a whole whole lot especially the female and I like the show that it it, it expands it gives these characters depth it gives these characters backstories And it it explores it. It, There's reoccurring things, you know. So I really enjoy that you get those aspects in it, too. And then going off of what you said, Justin, that this this show benefits from the MCU. I think the best way that it benefits from it is that the superheroes in this universe and the Vought Company, which is, you know, your in general big fucking huge corporation... Like they, they do the same things that Disney does like with the MCU, Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, they have their own MCU and they have their own, like, I like how in this universe they star in their own movies. I think that's super cool. Yeah. You know? And, and I like the fact that like they do that, like they base their cinematic universe on Marvel's. It, it's not, some of it is like a, a little swipe at Marvel, but at the same time it shows like they do that because obviously that's the successful way of doing it, you know? So why don't you mimic the most successful superhero franchise of all time? Cause there's no Marvel in this universe, you know? So yeah, they're showing that, yeah, you would, if you want it to be that successful, you would build it that way and i really really love that. Yeah, you know. And i, I like what you were saying Justin, like the there are all they are all characters based on, you know, other comic book characters and all this other stuff. And i like the fact that this is a better satire than the comics. Cuz i think the comics lose their way every once in a while. You know, they just they just get so deep in the, oh, we're just going to make fun of stupid superhero shit. That, that's all they're doing. Whereas this, they get mm-hmm. nuanced with it. You know, they really get deep into some of those things. And I, I I really appreciate that. And, you know, they just make so many smarter choices in the show. I think it's because they know where they're going with it. They know what Pratt Falls to Avoid, you know, all these things. They just, they're going about it so smart. And so it's, it really is a shout out to Eric Kripke and Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen. Because those three are the the reasons why this thing exists. You know, that's also why Seth Rogen has made several cameos in the show. He is one of the the executive producers of the show. It was him and his writing partner you know, the guy that's done a ton of things like Superbad and all those things, like him and his writing partner, they're the ones that like were like, fuck, we really want to do a boys' TV show. And they're the ones that hired Eric Kripke, who is so fucking good. He's so great at this. And unlike Supernatural, where things got out of hand there, because Eric Kripke only wanted to do five seasons of Supernatural. When he approached the CW, he had five seasons in mind. He had the story worked out. He's like, five seasons, that's it. And they get to season five, and they're like, hey, let's do a six. And he's like, no, it's it's five. And he, they're like, no, we're doing six. And so Eric Kripke bowed out. And then they did ten more seasons of that fucking show. Uh, but it's universally, anybody that's a fan of Supernatural, it's almost universal when they say the first five seasons are the best. Because it's just it was just such a clear vision. And I think you really see that in this. He's so clear with what he's wanting to do with this show. And I think, I think season four is our last. They're either doing just season four or just, or maybe they might do a fifth. But as far as what I've heard, I think season four is the final one because he's like, we know where we're going with this. We're not going to drag it out. Like there's a definitive way. This has to end. We're going that direction, you know? And it's, It's also, it's like, how many seasons do you really want to see of just the butcher trying to kill Homelander? You know what I mean? Like, that's interesting for a few seasons because you'll have other characters and stuff, but like, you try doing like eight, nine seasons of that. It's going to get tiresome. Like, you're going to have to kill one of them off at that point. And then it's like, well, who do you have that replaces them? Do you really have something that can replace one of those characters? And the answer is no, because they've done such a great job of integrating those characters into the show. You can't kill off one of them and just go, all right, we're doing next season with the new guy instead. It's not going to work. So they know where they're going with it. And I think that's so good. And the great thing about it is I also, even though I know the boys and I've read all the comics, I don't know where the fuck they're going with it. It's great. Like I get all these senses of familiarity and, and hearkening back to issues and, and, and aspects of the comics. But I'm also like, I'm, I'm like everyone else and I don't know what's happening. And I'm like, it's fucking, it's such a great feeling to be familiar and surprised. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm, I really loved the first two seasons. Uh, and The one thing I will say though, that... My one big criticism of the first two seasons is the middle of season two. And it's not an issue the first time you see it. It's not even really an issue the second time you see it. It kind of becomes an issue on the third time you see it or more. Because season two, more than the other seasons, relies a little bit more on mystery and what's the backstory and what's going to happen, like what's going on. What's the secrets? It relies a little bit more on that, especially in the middle of the season. And when you know the answers, it gets a little boring in the middle because there's no suspense at that point. And they they really tailored it to trigger that emotion. And there's, it's super good when you don't know what it is going into it. Because like I said, they're very good at triggering that emotional response. But once you know it, and like I said, you... You know, you watch it again, you kind of maybe look for some other clues since you already know the answer. Like, oh, maybe I missed something. Maybe there's this, that, you know. And it's got some of those elements. There's something I didn't even notice until the third time watching through that I was like, these sons of bitches were telling us a big plot point from the get-go. And we all missed it. At least I did, I never heard anyone talk about it. Uh, but it, it has a little bit more to do with season 3, so I'm going to save that. But... It, it, like I said, it gets a little tedious in the middle of that. And, and like I said, I don't know how many people are also going to watch it three times, four times, five times, or whatever, you know? So nobody else might have that problem. But I did because I, I was on my third time watching it. And I'm like, I, I, I'm like a little bit more checked out. But, but the thing is also that's really good about that is when I know what's coming up like I might be on my phone a little bit more and then I'm like oh this is coming up and I'm putting my phone cuz I want to see cuz you know I know what's about to happen so I want to see it you know so it's still really good at those aspects like there's still there is still some rewatchability that it's really good with um but yeah uh you guys ready to go to uh strictly spoiler free about season 3 or do you got more to say about 1 and 2
1: I'm good let's go
0: Season three. So just in case, real quick, this is going to be just like a normal episode at this point. Spoiler-free recommendations and scores. And then into a more spoiler-centric section with time codes in the description to allow you to jump around if you so require. With all that being said, Justin, what are your spoiler-free thoughts about season three?
2: Honestly, for me, I think now I feel like this is probably my favorite season of it. I thought that this was very good. Um, I have a few gripes, but I will save those for the the spoiler section. But there really aren't many. Um, I thought that this was, in a lot of the ways, it's what you expect an improvement of a season to be. I think that the story is a little bit tighter. I think that um, it's a little more fluid to me than the previous seasons. I think that what it does with a lot of the characters, especially the characters that are the most compelling on the show, like a homelander, like Butcher, um the store the the development that you get with those characters in this and some of the acting that they get to do. Uh Carl Urban as Butcher and then Anthony as um homelander, man. They just really knock it out of the park, especially Anthony Starr. Like, I think that this is the best Homelander, and I'll put best in quotes because we know he's not <laughs> that great of a person, but this is the best, I think, Homelander I've seen of the three seasons. Just what he was doing in this, his motivations in this, how his interactions with everyone. I thought that this was. The, the best I've seen from him. I think he was, in my opinion, he was probably the best actor on the show this season. Um, uh, and then the other the other characters were great too. There were a lot of good storylines that I loved with them. I felt like I learned a lot more about some of the characters that I really liked, like Frenchie and, you know, just some of the characters that they uh, introduced were interesting, You know, little Nina and some of those guys. So, not going to say too much about them. But I found all of that interesting. Um, And then you were talking about Supernatural earlier, and I haven't seen Supernatural, but I know that Jensen Ackles is from uh, Supernatural. Hold on,
0: just so we don't get murdered by Supernatural fans, because they are the type of people that would murder people. Is Jensen Ackles?
2: Oh, Ackles? It's Ackles. not Ackles?
0: It's no. Ackles. Okay. Jensen Ackles. okay. I just, Ackles. They're passionate people. I, <laughs> I don't want them to murder okay. us. Okay. Especially not with Ackles. the brothers. Yeah, Jensen Ackles.
2: Okay. But man, he was great as Soldier Boy. I love Soldier Boy, too. That was probably one of my favorite characters, too. Love a good old... Uh toxic masculine character. They're always great. You know, you wash that down with a good, uh, show like this with all of its themes. So that was a great character to add to this. Um, a toxic Captain America, but anyway, no, this was really good. And I think that at the end, um, some of the things that it sets up are very interesting. I think that if, The next season is going to be the last season. Um, It's got some good setups, and I think that there's enough there to be excited about what the next season um, could bring. Though, when it got to the resolution, there were some, I did have some critiques. You know, I did have some things that I wondered maybe if they had made a different decision here or there. Um, similar to kind of some of the things I think we said in Stranger Things, I think I can give this some of the some similar criticisms, but we'll get to all of that. But overall, um, I think that this was good. I think that this was to me, this is my favorite season. Um, you know, you know, you could argue, is it the best one? You know, season one was really, really great. You know, it was a great intro, you know, world building introduction into the world. But to me, I feel like the overall, this is the best one. I think the characters were better here and I thought the stories were better here. And I think the, for the most part, most of the cliffhangers worked for me. So, yeah, I, I really had a lot of fun with season three.
0: You may have put me into an existential crisis, Justin. Why? Because I really liked the end of this season.
2: And but then, you know what I'm talking about. And then you don't said you?
0: that, and I was like, "Fuck!" Did it do the same things that I bitched mm-hmm. and got mad at Stranger Things for doing? And now I'm kind <laughs> of having an existential crisis. Mm-hmm. Was I too hard on Stranger Things, or was I too <laughs> easy on the boys? Oh. Uh-oh. I think I might have a logical reason out of it. I'll have to see where <laughs> you distinctly think cuz I do think there might be some subtle differences. Okay. But it might be one of those things we have to wait till season 4 to no. know. But I I do think I do see what you're saying and I'm like fuck. I hope what I think <laughs> in my head is right cuz then I'm good. But you said that I'm like fuck. Oh, man. Oh, that's going to torture me. Yep. Shit. All Mm -hmm. right, Heather, what are your thoughts? Oh, I'm fucked.
1: (laughs) I can't wait to hear all of this when you're talking it out. Um, I honestly think I would have to agree that this is also my favorite season, um, surprisingly or not. But I think specifically because of... Like this was the most fleshed out. I feel like they've done with some characters. Um, I loved the story uh, between Frenchie and Kimiko. I loved that story all season long. It was my favorite story. One of my favorite things about the show in general is their relationship. But um,
0: Um, I, I just want to ask a question while you're on that topic. Yeah. Is there is that your favorite relationship on the show?
1: I think so, yeah.
0: See, weirdly enough, yeah, it's mine too. And the <laughs> yeah. thing is, is yeah. I think I think they accidentally fucked up with that. Because it's obviously supposed to be Huey and Starlight. That's supposed mm. to be your favorite relationship. And it's not 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 a bad one. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying yeah. the Frenchie and Kamiko one, yeah. they've got such great chemistry. I think they accidentally became the best relationship on the show. And I think this season, they just went, fuck it. Let's run with that.
1: And I mean, this, I think this season explains why they're a lot of people's favorite relationship too. like, it goes so much more into why they should be in a sense. Like, I I think it took it in a direction, not necessarily that I had expected, but I, yeah, I, I think it's a great relationship. They have great chemistry But they also like they're both just so endearing, you know, in very different ways. Um, You know, Starlight and Huey, I I like them, too. I do like that relationship. But you're right. I mean, there's just something there's just something special about the bond between Kamiko and and Frenchie, you know, and it's just so much uh, more endearing to watch, I think. And um And I think just also because, in general, those are probably two of my favorite characters. (laughs) That could also probably be why I like, but it's weird too, because I honestly, actually, those four are probably my favorite characters (laughs) on the show Huey, Starlight, Frenchie, and Kamiko. So it's, but I think I like, I like Huey and Starlight just separately as characters more than their relationship, but Kamiko and Frenchie them separately but also them together is magic so I think that's why it gets a little leg up for me on it being my favorite relationship but I just everything that they did to flesh out that story especially with Kamiko and like her crisis with self that she's going through as far as like what is it to be a human being and am I a monster and just all of these things that you you tell she's she's feeling and like these convictions that she's starting to have as she's becoming sort of her own person when she's in the right hands and in the right environment is really, really cool to see. And I think it's a super relatable character in that way. Um, I also really love how spectacularly they, they show Homelanders just gradual breakdown this season like his like near mental breaks that he has at a couple of different points is terrifying and fascinating and it just I love how they do it because it explains so much more about Homelander as a person and like his motivations the things that drive him in spite of what he says his motivations are you know more the type of person he actually is deep down with this season, even more so than you did before. And just seeing like how he's so volatile and you have no idea what to expect from him at any given moment this season, even more than before. And I loved seeing that, like seeing that just those breakdown moments of how he is grasping and white knuckling through it. Just because he he wants to save face and but then at the same time doesn't like it's just so complex and so well done. And I completely agree. I think that um, is his name Anthony Star. I think that's his name, right? Yeah, he I think he is. Really, he's got to be he's definitely top three performances in this show. He might be the best performance in this show. He is so fantastic as Homelander it's insane like how well he does at making you just absolutely hate him as a human being (laughs) and and it is commendable absolutely I think um I saw your hesitation there Sterling about my top three performance thing (laughs) but I think he's I mean for me I think it would be Homelander Billy and Kamiko for me those would be my top three performances in this show
0: No, it wasn't to your top three. It was you saying it might be the best. It was just (laughs) that part. And I'm not trying to demean it in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. When you said that, I'm just like, I don't think so.
1: It's, it's very, I don't know. It's, it kind of, it'll, it can change day to day. But I think those three I go between as being like the ones I most enjoyed performance wise. Um And there's something also super relatable and lovable about Huey as much as he is kind of a screw up in some ways, but he's not like, I, I, I love Huey. I think he's great. There's something very charming about him and his personality and Jack Quaid as him, I think is superb. Um, I don't know. I just, I really, I think they casted all of these characters so well. Um, and I honestly, there's few of them that I could see being played by anybody else. And um I think that's really a testament to how, like how well they flesh out these characters, but also just how well, like you see that the actors take these performances so seriously and really take it to heart and put so much into the, I just don't think you would get these types of performances if they weren't just giving their all throughout this entire show. And just the type of subject and material in this show, like you have to be able to put all of that on the line <laughs> to get the performance that you need out of it. Cause it's heavy, it's heavy stuff. Um, I do think also a very interesting character arc that I did not see myself really getting invested in, but kind of appreciated in some ways was the deep, um, absolutely deplorable human you know what i mean but he (laughs) there is something about how they discuss his specific arc that i really appreciated that they did because i think they did it in a perspective that you don't actually uh see or hear like on shows or in movies very much so i appreciated sort of the approach they took i know we'll talk about that more later but um It's just it's one of those characters that I did not see it coming to ever actually kind of feel bad for him (laughs) in some ways. But you end up kind of being like you're there's there's more to you than just like the first impression that you give of people. Um, Not to say he's awesome in any sort of way. He's still not the best. But, you know, just seeing like his arc and his journey that he's going through is Really interesting, um and it just it does it makes you question like, oh no, like these <laughs> this show is making me feel for people that I never thought I would sympathize with in any sort of way. It's interesting, you know, but um, I think that's kind of the beauty of the show, and I think that was the point of it. It's like you're not that different than these people, and not in that way, but you know like it's like but it on a real human level like you know, you can relate to some of these things that these superheroes are going through and, um, or, you know, at least just seeing like, Hey, you know, this is, these are superheroes, but these superheroes, like on a surface level, like showing you just the human condition in general, um, through these superheroes in a way. And, um, I I just think that it's such a great the show is a great exploration um especially in that third season like every I think every character in some way was pushed to the brink to make just the hardest decisions that they've had to make about certain things and seeing their struggle with it um whether they made the decision like that they wanted to or not seeing the aftermath of what they've chosen to do and the things that they've become in a way it's really interesting um yeah i do think third season yeah and bringing soldier boy in he was he was fantastic um i also have not really i've seen a handful of supernatural episodes but jensen ackles my understanding is he's great in that show too so um i'm sure it was a very interesting change to see the type of character he was in this (laughs) but um you know i i think uh He was he was a great addition. He brought a really interesting and needed sort of dynamic supervillain dynamic with uh, with Homelander in this. And I thought it was really well done. Um, Yeah, I just another I mean, another character that is just awful that you're like, you know what? There's something about you I like, though, is Billy. Like just he's great for some reason. I'm just like, you know what? I I like you. I, I feel like when you understand the characters motives, especially characters that are playing like the types of characters they are, when you understand more their motives, that's how you feel. That's how you start to like them. If you're understanding or if the show is helping you to understand what their motives are, that's what makes you invested in these characters. And this show is so good at doing that with most of them. So Yeah, I I think the third season was excellent. Um, I I think I would put it right now. um, I mean, and I I came off of seeing all of the seasons right in a row. I I do think season three is um, the best season. You know, I do think in a way there are the most stakes in the third season. Um, And I think just the the crazy that happens and, you know, there's... There's so much crazy that happens in this season, but yeah, I think, um, I I would say it's probably my favorite season of the show.
0: I'd have to agree with you guys. Season three to me is the best one. I think it's, it's closely followed by one and then two, and it's nothing against two. It's just one hits you so strong right at the bat, especially if you don't know what's coming. So it, it works in that way. And like Justin said, it does so much world building in the first season. And it, it does it in such a great, great way. The thing, my favorite thing about this season is the fact that this show does what good shows do. They constantly grow. They They've already established their characters. They don't go back to go, hey, remember when we established this? Like, hey, we're going to show you again what we established. So many shows, especially when you start getting into the third season, sometimes they do those reminder episodes, you know, or they do the episodes where it's like uh, they might regress in a way just so they can show the growth again and stuff like that. And I like the fact that this show doesn't. The show just builds and builds and builds. It goes, Hey, we've already established these characters. If you want to know what we established, go fucking watch the other episodes. It's not like there's a lot. I think there's only 24 episodes total so far, you know? So I, I love the fact that they did that. They just constantly keep moving forward and they keep growing the characters and they just build off what they've already established. And in doing so, it feels natural because it's just a constant progression that way. And I really enjoyed a lot of the stuff they did. Uh, one reason why I shook my head a little bit, Heather, with uh, when you brought up Jensen atkins is the fact that uh, his character's not terribly different from Supernatural. Oh, really? His His character in Supernatural is kind of toxic masculinity. Hmm. It's a lot okay. more subdued, though, but... You know, it's very much the whole, oh, this is what we do. You got to be tough. Got to be a man. That type of character, you know. But that was big in the early 2000s. You know, they ate that shit up. You know, Um, his characters were humorous, like intentional, like jokey humorous. Don't get me wrong. Soldier Boy has some humorous scenes in this.
1: Yeah, he does.
0: Yeah, he does. (laughs) It's not the same type of humor, you know. Um, it, it's it's just got more like a CW joke style to his Dean character from Supernatural, and there's and there's the aspect of his brother, and so there's that dynamic. But yeah, he's very much a but we're men, we do man things type of character. It's so it's kind of the same character, except it's it's just an exponential growth of that. It's you know where he's like maybe 60s. To 70% toxic masculinity in, so in in Supernatural. He's like 127% toxic masculinity <laughs> in this. You know. But it's great because it oozes satire the entire time. And I think that that's the best thing about his character in this. That he's playing it in an earnest way. But the character itself oozes the satire that seeped into the show. And it's so great the way it merges those two things. You know? I mean, I do agree, though. The Anthony star is fucking fantastic. And it's not a spoiler, because I'm just going to say it in a in general way. There's a scene where he talks to himself in a mirror. And it's fucking fantastic. Yeah. It's a great, great performance from him. I mean... Yeah, Carl Urban just destroys everything as 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 Billy the Butcher. I mean, I'm just looking at this, and uh, it's like you were saying, Heather. It's very hard. Ho- these people are so good at taking over these characters. It's so hard to think that anyone else could play them. I mean, and the funny thing is, is, is Huey in the comics is based on early 2000s Simon Pegg. That's why Simon Pegg is oh, the dad. Really? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, that's why Simon Pegg plays his dad in the show. Um but yeah, he's and it, it, but Jack Quaid has done such a fantastic job that even though in the comics the character is based on Simon Pegg, I still don't know if I want to see Simon Pegg's Huey. Cuz Jack Quaid is so good at being Huey.
1: There's something about Jack Quaid's timing when he's Huey, like the timing and how he responds to things is so amusing to me. Like, he is really a really good actor. I mean, he's, you know, in a sense, you know, obviously he runs in the family. But yeah, it's like it's something about his timing and how he delivers his lines when he's being like sarcastic or playing off of somebody else is so great.
0: I think he's better than his parents.
1: You know what? He might be. I mean.
0: I do. I think he's better. I haven't
1: seen him in enough, but he's fantastic in this for sure.
0: Um, if you ever want some, uh, really great Jack Quaid and you want more nerd shit, um, go on Paramount Plus and watch Star Trek The Lower Decks animated series. Okay. Um, it's essentially about the no-name people that exist in the, like, in the, in the, uh, the Federation, you know. So it's about people that are, like, The no-name people on the lower decks of the ships.
3: Hmm. You know,
0: so it's, it's, it's a, it's a comedy series. You know, it's, it's ridiculous shit. You know, tons of people die because it's like, that's the thing. It's Star Trek. None of the main characters die outside of Tasha Yar at the end of season one. And if that's a spoiler for you, fuck off. That was in the eighties when Tasha Yar died at the end of season one. So get over it. But you know what I mean? It's the whole red shirt concept from Star Trek you know oh you're in a red mm-hmm. shirt you go to an alien planet you die you know mm-hmm. so it's about people that are red shirts it's just you know the everybody people
1: I mean the, but I'm thinking about it too like he actually might be better than his parents I don't know like I I have no issues with Dennis Quaid Dennis Quaid right yeah Um, I have no issues with him and I think he's done some really great performances like in certain movies but man like there's Jack Jack Wade is like when even in those moments when he's being really like when he's really angry or really sad about something in the show I'm like I just completely believe that you're dealing with that in your own life like he's really good yeah
3: yeah I mean it's he's a
0: he's just one of those people that like I'm so glad he's like kind of coming into his own you know and and he's doing such a great job on this. I mean, he's not in my top performance in this, but he's 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 up there. I mean, to me when it comes to top performances and I it sucks I didn't look up the actress's name. It's it's the woman that plays Kimiko. It's she does so much
2: Karen Fukuhara.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. She does so much with with a limited like character traits, you know, her character doesn't talk. You know, all these things and she does so much without doing what most actors do, which is fucking talk. Yep. You know, and
1: do we have the same top three performances? That might be a first.
0: Well, I mean, it's it's to me. It's it, it, it's her. It's Carl Urban and it's Anthony Starr. I mean,
1: yeah, that was me, too. Yeah. And that's the thing is, yeah. I I don't
0: think there's any bad performances in the show.
1: There's nobody in this. Those the sh- just stand out the most. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's nobody in the show that I'm like, oh, they're on the screen again. Eh. I, yeah. Everyone's been good. Even if it's a small role, they're good.
1: Yeah, you for know? sure.
0: It's just those three, anytime they're on the screen, you might not like what their character's doing, but you're getting a fucking performance.
1: I don't recall the name of the lady who plays Ashley but I really think her performance is excellent. Even though she's the most annoying, uh, I think she's excellent in the role.
0: I get it. It's kind of like, it's kind of like Chase Crawford as the deep. Like you're like, yeah, you know, the deep is such a deplorable character, but he does such a good job at doing it. And (laughs) also at being such a dumb shit. Like he's so good at it. Like (laughs) I just think some of the things that, the the his character the deep does in the show it is the most ridiculous and dumb thing that like he asks some people to do some things that no normal person in, in any circumstance even in a world where superheroes exist <laughs> would you ever go that's a good idea to ask that question
1: <laughs> right
0: <laughs> but he does just because he's so fucking dense and it's great like, as far as, as yeah. for, it's it's great television, it's not great what he asks, but it's great television. <laughs> it's great, yeah. it's great acting, it's great storytelling. But, you know, and it's one of those things, though, that this show, like this season two, well, I'm in 2TO, um, it's really, it's got a really, really great pace to it. Like, Those the sections that need to go like full throttle pedal to the metal, like fucking in your face shit. It's there. But the scenes that need to take a step back and they need to breathe and, you know, develop and 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 grow. Those scenes are there, too. And it never feels jerky. You know what I mean? It's not like a stop, go, stop, go, stop, go. It's got a very nice flow to it. You know, and like you guys said, it's the season's a little bit tighter. You know, there's not, there's some unnecessary things in the other seasons and not in a bad way, but there's a, it feels like there's a little bit more filler. And I think the filler in this season is a little bit smarter, you know, because you get like random scenes of soldier boy singing a song or a scene from one of his movies And it's filler, but it also, in a very subtle way, develops the character of Soldier Boy, anyway, in like an alternative, like storytelling type of way. And I really appreciated those things, you know. And they do it with some of the other characters, too. They do it with the Countess, they do it with the twins, they show them in some other scenes in the. You know, like a, it's like a scene from a movie that Soldier Boy and then were in. And so it gives you a little history of the twins without just spending a ton of time on their characters because their characters are very small side characters. You don't really need a lot of history on them to get, you know, with for the scenes they're in. But it's a nice little nuanced part of it. It just adds a little depth to their story. Just a little bit. And so it's just, it's those those cares and those attentions to detail that I think are so fascinating and so great in this season. And I was going to say what I was prepared to say earlier in this podcast was like, man, I really loved the finale of this, sh- this season. I thought it was really well put together. I thought it did a lot of interesting things. And then Justin had to come in with a fucking cannonball and make me possibly second guess this.
1: Messed your world up. It you know? did.
0: I've got more to say about this season, but now I can't. I have to wait. Because now that's all going to be safe for the spoiler section. Because Justin fucked my brain.
2: I hope you're happy. <laughs> what am I here for? What are friends for? To be a son <laughs> of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Recommendations and scores? Yes. Yeah. Recommendations and score.
0: Justin the mind fucker, go.
2: Yeah. Um, The flaws, I think it has aside, I really do recommend this, man. I I think that, like I said, it's an improvement over the first two. If you haven't watched The Boys yet and you're on the fence about it and, you know, you've gotten this far or, or if you're like, okay, well, you know, maybe I can just wait for season three. I would say, no, you need to watch it because it's the best part of this series so if you haven't started watching it, you need to start watching it so that you can get to season three. Because, like, I feel like it's just really great. Just everything was an improvement. We already talked about the characters. The the battles in this are an improvement. The, you know, like, it, I mean, just every aspect of it. Even characters like Black Noir, who you you really didn't get much of them in the in the of him in the first two seasons but even in this they spend a little more time with him and they find an interesting way to really tell his story that i i think is one of the like gems in this you know is how they told his story yeah um
0: just to go off that it is one of the silliest things too yeah. And it's a testament to the show that they could do something as dopey silly as what they do with Black Noir's his like his part of the story, but it fits so perfectly. Yeah. It is not a detraction at all.
2: And it's crazy because vis- what you're seeing during that explanation of his origins and everything, what you're seeing visually is is a complete contradiction to how you feel watching it. Like, it's crazy to be watching it the way they presented it visually, but in your head, you're like, oh, my God, that's what happened. So it really is a testament to the show that it can show that, but still give you this real dark kind of sinister tone to it all, you know? without saying too much about it, but, but that, but that's kind of one of the things about this show. It it, it can do that uh, to a lot of degrees. So yeah, uh, obviously it's a recommend for me. Um, We're going to go with, uh, man, my score. I'm I'm like, how many points should I take off (laughs) for some of my, uh, my minuses uh, at the end. Yeah, the only thing it really I can say is that the only flaw I really think it has is that, like I said, if a few decisions were different when it got to the end, I think it could have been stronger. Um, and now some of that now I'll preface that with some of it might depend on what happens in season four, but I couldn't help but feel a certain way about the way that they did certain things um, at the end. But overall, I I liked the ending and some of the things that it sets so. up. Uh, so anyway, ugh. with that being said, we're gonna go with. I still think it's good enough to have an A. So we'll go like, but like we'll go in the lower A's. So I'll go ninety one. Um, we'll go ninety one. Um, exploding out of somebody's body after entering their anus (laughs) out of a hundred. He didn't enter the anus though. Oh, it was. It was the penis, wasn't it? My bad. He entered the urethra. Yeah, kind of mixed up my holes there, but yeah. Out of a hundred.
0: Heather go
1: <laughs> just so casually said that <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I so I will cautiously recommend this and I say that because obviously I don't think it's something for kids to watch um, and I, don't I think-
0: highly disagree
1: <laughs> <laughs> of course you do fun for um, the
0: whole fucking family <laughs>
1: and um oh god <laughs> and i think that if if you're somebody who has a hard time watching violence or watching injustice where there's no justice that comes about from it <laughs> like if those are the hard things for you to watch i don't think this is going to be for you um i know i know many people that are just like you know if it ends in a bad way or if there's only bad things happening and you never get the the right thing happening, they just, they, they can't watch things. So I, I cautiously recommend this if you can handle those things and obviously the, the violence and the, the sexual content and things like that. If those are things that you're okay with, I do recommend it because I think it's excellent writing. I think it's fantastic acting. Um, I think it, it's just, it is, I will say it's one of those shows that I feel like, the character development they do in the short amount of time that they have. Like, I think we get so much character development from most of these characters, like in three seasons and some shows, it takes them like 10 seasons to get that, you know? And I think that that's a real testament to the writing of this show. So, um, yeah, I, I do think they had some really great aspects of the action side of things. Um, it really is a great sort of <laughs> take on, what our world and what America is today. Um, And, you know, I just think it's, it it explores the human condition in, in a way that you don't necessarily expect to like have it hit with you. But yeah, I I think it it is. It's really good. It's really good. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, and really my only thing with this is as much as I think it's a great show, Every like when I end this show, when I stop watching this show, it doesn't leave me with like a good feeling like of man, this is so like awesome, and whatever, because you just watched a whole bunch of people just do terrible things. <laughs> it leaves this feeling of like, mm, this is gonna bit get a little bit crazier next time, and I know it it's gonna get worse, you know, and and that's the feeling they want you to have so I, I, the reason I have that feeling is because I think that that's what they're trying to do with it, but it's just weird to feel that way. Like, it's just such a heavy show that kind of can weigh on you. At least for me, it was, it was kind of can weigh heavy on you just because of the content of, of it. And I've kind of powered through like three seasons in a week. So (laughs) it's, it's been a lot, but I don't know. I just, I would say probably because of those reasons I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with 80, um, you know, getting your arm, getting your body ripped off of your arms um, when you're only a curb, off the curb a little bit out of 100.
3: 80?
0: I have been, never been offended by a score as much as that one. Oh boy. (laughs) I mean, except for maybe y'all score about on the visit. Oh, Betrayed. I
1: thought, I thought you were going to say about <laughs> Kroll.
0: <laughs> don't don't even bring that up.
1: <laughs> but I, yeah, I give it. Yeah, I and I think that that's just because of yeah. how heavy it is mm-hmm. for for me to watch, but still excellent. See, you
0: know, I like to think that this right here is why people listen to the show and why we do this show. Because Heather's like cautiously saying like, hey, maybe you should watch it cautiously. I I completely stand behind what I said. It is fun for the whole family. I think everybody should watch this. If you don't want your kids to grow up to be a dick, show them the show. Teach them to not be a dick with it. Use it to educate. And I, I completely stand behind that statement. I also stand behind the fact that you know, I completely disagree. This is the type of show that when you're done watching an episode, you go,
3: fuck yeah. It's
0: great. And you get
3: pumped. And I love it. And, you know, Jastin, I think
0: I'm going to hurry up and say this because we, we need to talk about this finale here. Um, no, I recommend it. It's great. I recommend the, all of it. You know, And if you're bored, read the comics. They're a lot different, you know. So, you know, but uh, yeah, the show, I I recommend it. I think it's great. I think it's one of the better written shows lately. I think it's a, I think it handles things better. I think as far as satire goes, if you ever want to learn how to fucking truly do a satire, fucking watch this show. The show at its core is satire. And it never betrays that. It might feel like it betrays it sometimes, but I think it actually is so good at being satirical that it blurs some of those lines. And that if you really look at what's going on, it's still always being satirical. And I think that that's the main motivation of this. I think that that was the, the mission of the comics. I think the comics loses its way more, uh, more than it should at that regard, at being satirical. The show doesn't just beginning to end it is satire and it's smartly written and good satire it's right up there with was it jonathan Swift's uh, essay about how if you want to end hunger in england you should start eating babies because you won't have overpopulation if you just eat children and they're you know it's it's a satire it's you know one of the first examples not one of the first examples but it's one of the first truly popular versions of satire and stuff like that and I think, you know, this is right up there with that. Um, give it 95. 95 dildos through the back of your
3: head out of 100. Uh, spoilers? Yep. Spoilers.
0: You know, I had plans to start this section differently but that's out the window. All right, Justin, let's go here. (laughs) All right. So are you, when you're saying this is like stranger things, season three, are you implying that it's because you essentially get a character more or less dies and another character ends up in a coma? Kind of like stranger things.
2: Damn. Like I didn't realize how similar it was. Yes, but that is kind of what you get, huh? Yes, those are elements. But my main gripe with it was, I was going to say, is that that big confrontation happens at the end. Everybody lives like everybody lives. And then the character that you killed, Black Noir, that happened before the big fight. So, you know, that character really didn't get, he didn't even get that face-off moment with Soldier Boy or anything like that. And just when that character got interesting, he's dead now. Then all the other characters in the in the battle, nobody, nobody died. I thought at least, okay, Queen Maeve is probably gone. You know, especially the heroic dive and grab Soldier Boy, out they went, he exploded. And she's alive, too. And I'm like, okay. So, for me, did I enjoy all of that? Yes. The final confrontation was good. All of it was fine. But I can't criticize something like Stranger Things for not killing anybody. And then this kind of did the same thing. I mean, I to me, it just did the same thing, you know? It killed a character that we felt like was expendable. Like, you know, we killed the Eddie kind of character and then everybody else got to live, you know. Um, And I don't know. I think that confrontation probably could have warranted a death. I I I think somebody should have got it at the end of that, you know. That that just seemed like a big final confrontation for everybody to just survive. So, you know, that's just me.
0: I kind of agree with you a little bit, Justin. I think this is my theory with it, though. I think they're intentionally saving them because in the end, the, the final confrontation of this season was not with Homelander. It was with Soldier Boy. I think they're saving... People dying for season four because I think they're saving them for Homelander to kill. And I'm not even talking about in the last battle of the season. Like at the end of the show, I think they're saving him for him to just start murdering them in season four. You know what I mean? I think that that's why they're doing it. Now, I'm basing a little bit of that on the comics. Even though it's not technically Homelander that does it in the comics um, and therea and i and as weird as it may sound to me, the Black Noir death was incredibly surprising, especially when it happened uh, This is going to be a big major spoiler for the comics, so if you don't want the comics spoiled, don't listen to this. jump forward like down know, thirty seconds whatever uh Black Noir in the comics is a clone of Homelander Hmm. and is a mentally deranged clone of Homelander and actually does a bunch of shit to people. Um, and it's intentionally to make Homelander feel like he's crazy because people are like, no Homelander. I saw you do this. And he's like, "I, I didn't do that. But they're like, they'll have like a picture of it and they'll be like, see, no, that's you Homelander. And he's just like, fuck, I, I don't remember that at all. It's to fuck with him. It's to keep Homelander in check. And then on top of that, he's got powers like Homelander. Um, in the comics, I think also, if I'm remembering correctly, it's not Homelander that rapes Billy's wife. It's the clone Black Noir that does it. So when Billy's like, you raped my wife, Homelander's like, no, he didn't. Because he didn't. And it's to fuck with him. Um, so, and we knew black noir wasn't that in the show. I mean, we know that cause you see him younger, you, you know, it's a black man, but like I said, it's a very integral part towards the end of the comics. Like he's a main character towards the end of the comics. So black noir dying to me was incredibly surprising because I thought he was still supposed to be in this. Something that was meant to kind of keep Homelander in check a little bit. And then when Homelander just fucking murders him, I'm like, oh. That's not the case at all.
2: Yeah. And I just think it was disappointing. Like if you were going to kill him, cool. But damn, man, it would have been nice if he had gotten a face to face. All of that, that whole story. And the story was amazing. Like seeing his favorite childhood characters at this restaurant. I forget the character's name. Um, Bucky. I can't remember. I, I don't know why I want to why Bucky's coming to mind. But anyway, seeing his childhood characters come to life in his mind and then they all depict events that actually happened and you get to see what happened with him and everything with soldier boy and all of that, man, that was great because you're sitting here watching an animated cartoon with these caricature, caricature characters and the violence and everything's happening. And you're thinking about this actually happening to a person. And whenever like, you know, um, Soldier Boy bashes his head in with the shield and a piece of that brain comes out and you realize, oh, this is why Black Noir is like this. All of that was wonderful. And he's and he's sitting there and there and there are all these scenes with these with, with these with these characters in his head telling him you got to face him. You know, you got to you you got to stand up to um, Soldier Boy. And then the fact that we just didn't even really get a moment with that Homelander just kind of kills him which is great it's great villain points and stuff like that for Homelander but how many points does that fool need like I mean how many other ways do we need to be mad at him I just wish Black Noir had gotten some kind of moment with Soldier Boy so I found that kind of disappointing man as much as it was surprising
0: yeah but I really loved how they tied that in though with Homelander's character. Whenever he goes and he's like, I always wanted a family. I wanted the seven to be my family. And none of you are my fucking family. Like the closest to it was Black Noir. And I just fucking murdered that man for lying to me. Like, oh,
2: yeah, I loved that
0: scene. Yeah, but I get what you're saying. But and, you know, maybe the reason why I'm more forgiving of it in this is because I think I see where it's going with that better than I do stranger things. You know, in stranger things, I felt like they did it as a cop out in this. I feel like they did it more intentional. You know what I mean? I feel like they saved these people to be cannon fodder more specifically in the last season and with it too. Like I, I, I feel in this it's more up in the air whether or not somebody like Maeve will come back because theoretically speaking, Mave could just take V again and come back. Yeah. And I like that in this, it's actually up in the air. I don't, she could come back to help fight Homelander or she could not. I think that I, I like that better because to me, that serves more of a purpose of her just getting depowered in this. You know what I mean? that it could go either way. We could never see Maeve again. Genuinely. Like that is a real possibility. Whereas what's her name being in a coma. I, I don't think they're just not going to not have her character in the fifth season. You know what I mean? And I don't think she's just going to be in a coma the whole fifth season. So in this, I feel like there's a a real shot. She could be gone and there's a real shot. She could come back, you know, with V or even with not, I think even as an inspirational symbol to people, to not deal with Homelander's bullshit, she could come back. Um, I do think that I do think Soldier Boy's done for the most part. I don't think Soldier Boy is coming back. I think if he does, it's in flashbacks, or if they do, it's they might just be using the character and not necessarily Jensen Ackles because I think they might like try to experiment with him to create the you know to use his power. To create a weapon to stop Homelander. You know, that type of situation. I think Vought might do that. Or the government, because I think technically the government has them. You know what I mean? So we might not be done with the character of Soldier Boy completely, but I don't think Jensen Ackles really is going to come back and have a substantial role in anything left in the season. So to me, I think it's a little bit more definitive, or at least I see more purpose in some of the things they did in this. But I will concede a little bit. Maybe you are right. That too many people still keep living, though. Through all this shit, as much as we love these characters, yeah, maybe one of them should have died.
2: I mean, somebody, man. I'm just just saying somebody like. And then, you know, it's kind of your similar argument to Stranger Things. Is the final season too late to kill everybody? But I guess all of that just sort of comes back to execution. And that'll be the same thing for Stranger Things. Everybody could survive in Stranger Things. And if it's executed right, I will like it. And it's the same shit with this man. Everybody could survive in this. There's a story that you could tell where everybody survives. And I will probably like it. But are we going to get there? And if we kill people... How meaningful is it going to be because it's the final season? Um, And the coma thing, I feel like it's the same as the Mae thing. She either comes back and helps them fight Homeland or she doesn't. We either wake up or we don't. I don't know. It it feels very similar to me. But everything at the end of the day is about execution, you know. But I think you could have killed Mae there since we're not really doing anything comic booky. I feel like, if, you know, if, it'd be one thing if there's a certain event that happens in the comics. So we need Maeve alive to get to this something that happens in the comics. But from what you're saying and just even from doing those little, um the, the little Amazon Prime extras where I'm reading how different this is from the comic. This is such an abandonment from the comic. So I really feel you needed to kill somebody in that battle you know to really just give it that to really put the icing on the cake that to me prevented it from being perfect and if you were going to kill Black Noir why not kill him during that you know then maybe I wouldn't have felt so much like this you know yeah but if you
0: kill Black Noir in that scene you don't get some of the character stuff with Homelander you know you don't get that and I think they sacrificed black noir to the altar of Homelander in this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I get what you're saying though, but the thing is it's, it's whether or not ultimately you're okay with that because that's what it was. So maybe in the fourth season, his death to Homelander might pay off even more, you know? Yeah. um, Yeah. But I mean, I may, you know, maybe you are right though, Justin, because in the end, in that final fight sequence, you've got Homelander, you've got Soldier Boy. And while you do have three super powered people fighting them, well, four too, because with Billy, you also had two in that direct room, two regular ass humans. And then down the hall, another regular ass human. <laughs> In the middle of a superhero battle. I think statistics alone, especially in this universe, would dictate at least one person loses an arm. Minimum. (laughs) You know. So maybe you're right, Justin. The, The way they've established this universe, it makes more sense to have somebody die. Or at least, like I said,
2: get maimed. You know what I mean? Yeah, at least maimed. At least maimed. Like Mave should have been man. Oh well. Maeve not even, got I'm not even
0: talking him. about Mave. I'm talking about one of the human people. Wouldn't it have actually kind of made more sense? Because they kind of crippled Frenchie a little bit at the end of this. Wouldn't it have made more sense if like Soldier Boy ripped off his leg and hit Kamiko with it?
2: Man, that would have been crazy. You know but, but but I get what you're saying. Yeah, just something. I mean, that just felt a little soft to me, man. Like I was like everybody left cuz at first I thought okay, Maeve is gone and maybe Soldier Boy is gone. Then when it's doing the montage at the end, I was like, okay, so Soldier Boy's in the tank. Okay, you know, and I hope he's I hope he's not gone. I really hope you're wrong about that, bro. I really want Soldier Boy to come back. I want some more Soldier Boy bullshit. I wouldn't so hate it. I hope. So I wouldn't hate I it. So when I saw him alive, I was like, oh, shit, he's going to be alive. Okay, maybe I'll get some more of him. And then it's going, and then it's going. And then I see, and then, you know, it's with Starlight, and then Maeve walks in the room with the eye patch. And I'm like, she lived too? No, I <laughs> will know? say this. And I was like everybody lived as much as much
0: as I liked the fact that Maeve lived because I did like her character in the show. Yeah. So like in my character connection way, I really liked that she lived, but even on my second rewatch of it, I'm like, how the fuck did she live? She fell like what they've established that the, the Vought building is a minimum of 80 some stories.
3: Mhm.
0: She fell at no, least no power. 40 of those with no powers. Yeah. Yeah. And all she yeah. got was a broken wrist and like a bruised face?
2: Did she just curl yeah. up in a ball and land on Soldier Boy? Yeah. And it would have been perfect for her to die, man, because she got her moment. That fight with Homelander, man. That was like some Wonder Woman Superman shit. You know, we like, you know, eventually Superman will win, but Wonder Woman is going to get her licks in, you know, Wonder Woman can bludgeon that fool. I I thought she had a great moment with Homelander. I thought that fight was good, man. And she was tough. And I mean, she brought everything to Homelander. And even though at first he was kind of not really fighting, but then he was like, all right, you know, I bitch. And he started kind of fighting, you know, but she, he was still kind of getting his ass whooped. You know what I mean? But. And then she got the, and then the eye came out, and everything. He he, thumbed the eye or whatever. And then she still kept going. Man, I mean, why let her live if there? What stronger moment than that is she gonna have? I mean, we'll see, we'll see. But the stronger moment that is if she comes back
0: and she's ultimately the one that kills Homelander. That's the stronger yeah. moment.
2: Yeah, that could happen. and who knows that could happen. Like you said, this is a complete abandonment from the comics. And, you know, I digress, but that's just how I felt in the moment of watching the show.
0: That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I just connect at this point. I connect more with the boys. I do Stranger Things, so it doesn't bother me as much. You know, just like how a lot of people weren't bothered by the end of the Stranger Things 4. They were like, okay, good.
2: Yeah, so. I was on the other side of that more than you are this. So that, that makes a lot of sense. I you mean, Heather, just... do you have any thoughts about it? Were you cool with everything or?
1: Well, I mean, and that's that's kind of what I was going to say, too, is like, I yeah, that's probably part of it. I relate to the characters in Stranger Things more. That's why. But, I mean, to your point about Maeve, though, I do think kind of like, Jason, what you talked about with Max, where. You know, she was like she's your favorite character, or one of them. But her dying would have made sense. Um, yeah. Although, same, like I get why because I love Max and uh, because of my like how much I relate to her and like her as a character. I'm glad she didn't, at least not yet, anyway. But if they had done that in the story, it would have made sense. Like it, it would have it it would have made sense to do it. And I think the same thing for Maeve because. They just spent it seems like they spend a lot of the latter part of the season with her basically hating herself and feeling like she's a fraud. And the whole thing of with her conversation with Starlight, where she's like telling her, like, you know, do you really not want to live that much? You know, and she just really just was dealing with I don't deserve to be hero. I don't even deserve to live for the things that I have done. And you almost feel like she was at that giving up point. And for her to go out in this way and kind of like as a hero, like sacrificing herself and actually kind of living up to what she wanted to be or what she was supposed to be would have been a really perfect way to end it if she did die. But I understand what you mean, Sterling, because I like Maeve, too, and I'm not upset that she's alive, but I'm surprised because it would have it with the story arc that they did with her. It would have just made sense that she did die. Um, And that's more what it is than anything else, because I mean, and they can do some interesting things with that um, next season with her just continuing to deal with this um, self-hatred that she has and her transformation of wanting to be a, a different person, especially since the whole thing with the plane happened. And, you know, her that completely changed her view of Homelander more than she already had felt about him. And of herself and what she was allowing, you know, and just I, I think there's some interesting things they can do to further that story and her development, kind of like what they did with Kimiko this season of that. Like, am I a monster? I don't want to be a monster. I want to be something else. They can do that with Maeve next season. But again, it would have been a beautiful ending for her if she did die in the way that we thought she did before we see her come back.
3: Yeah, that's fair, but
0: all right, we'll move on now because I do want to get into what I was originally going to start the spoiler section off with <laughs> and it ties into season two and it also goes into season three. But so in season two, you get the debut of a uh, unknown soup at the time. They can pop people's heads. And in season two. When that happens. And they're like oh my god. Who is it? All this other stuff. Literally the next scene. It cuts from that. To the character Victoria Newman. Who is the character. That pops people's heads. With their mind. They actually do it several times in that season. They tell you who it is. In that season before they actually reveal it. Pretty much every time they get to the point to where they're like, We think we know who it is, but we don't know. We're still trying to figure out who the head popper is. The next scene's a Victoria Newman scene. They do it several times. Beginning of this season.
3: Mm. When they're
0: talking about Victoria Newman and they're like, Oh, she's connected to this this uh orphanage or the, the adoption agency or the the place. Uh home for children right after that they go to a scene of to uh, stan edgar they're telling you right after once again who adopted her like who her family is they do it several times in this and so you
1: didn't catch that yeah, yeah i didn't
0: catch it the first time i didn't catch i didn't even catch the whole head popping thing until the the third time i watched season uh, You know, season two. And you know who the head popper is at the end of that season. I already knew who it was. But after really getting more of that character in season three, it's when it clicked. And I'm watching. I'm watching season two again for this re- uh, recording. And I see that scene. And I'm like, these motherfuckers. They told us from the very first scene of it who it was. And just never caught it. And I just thought that was a really great. Oh, uh, Way of doing storytelling and editing and all those things, like it's it's so subtle and so smooth that you don't notice it, but it tells you, like I said, from the beginning who the head popper is.
1: Yeah, not much gets past you, so there. <laughs> that's interesting because yeah, it's it is very subtle. I did not at all catch that.
2: Makes me want to go back and uh on a yeah, rewatch. I will definitely be looking for that, but that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. And also there's some there's a lot of great continuity in this show. I mean, is all continuity perfect? No, there's no show that has perfect continuity. But there's some great continuity in this. Um, first season. Uh Huey and Starlight are talking about candy bars. And what what does he get? What does he get her? It's the candy bar she she talks about. In that. It's almond joys. It's a bit of honey and What's the other one? Watcher I think, or something like that. Yeah. Some other random garbage candy. Yeah. And that's what he gets her in this. And I thought that that was just a really great thing. It's like, it's a small conversation in the first season. You know, and it just, little things like that. I mean, not that that aspect of spoiler. It's just, it continues to show the detail they throw into this stuff.
2: Or like um, Kimiko... Sitting there folded and making the origami like her brother was, you know, yeah. continuing to do that. And it was just a quick clip. It was just a quick scene of her doing it. And then some character started talking to her as she sits it down. But still, you know, that's just for anybody who was thinking about, oh, she had a brother. He did origami. She's doing it. Just little shit like that, man. It's real cool.
0: Man, one thing I really hope they carry on into season four. Is Kamiko listening to music and dancing and fighting at the same time? Yeah. That scene in the lab at the end of this season when she's listening to Maniac and she starts doing the dance and she just starts murdering people. And then the very last guy, the one that shoots Frenchie in the leg, she starts slamming the back of his head to the ground in the perfect rhythm of the song Maniac. And yep. it's just it was utterly fantastic. I hope they continue that. I also hope they continue to do like imagination sequences with her where she's singing cuz I thought those were really good.
2: Yeah, I love those scenes. They were great.
1: Yeah.
0: It's one of the first time a show's done essentially a gigantic musical number in in the middle of a show and it actually makes sense.
1: It worked, yeah.
0: Like it was just, And it's just a fun little scene, but it totally makes sense character-wise and even story-wise. So, I thought it was actually really good. Um, one of the things, though, with this season two that I I, I really liked is, you know, I like the fact that they made Soldier Boy uh, Homelander's dad. I thought that was a really cool,
2: like, little thing. It's a big, big, big change.
1: Crazy. From yeah. the comics. Home. I or, didn't see
2: that coming at all. Yeah. I didn't see it coming. It was a complete surprise. Yeah, because, I mean, Soldier Boy in the comics is just a little bitch.
0: He's like an exaggerated version of Captain America. He's just like, oh, golly, gee, I should do this or let's do this, guys. Like, that's Soldier Boy in the comics, you know. So in this, when he's all, him, you know, toxic masculinity embodied, you know, Uh, I mean, even
2: even down to his powers, man, bottle, you know, bottles everything up and then explodes, kills everything around him. And then the cycle just repeats, you know, all of it was there, bro. And then just continues on. Yep. You know,
0: well, you can go even a little bit further with it, too, because they even explicitly state in this that essentially it's bottled up PTSD. Like yeah. even just a little bit further, like even a little bit more specific, it's bottled up trauma. Mm-hmm. And that's what leads to it. You know, that's a fantastic little bit of it. Um, you know, and then with some of the other stuff too, with him that I I thought was really, really good is I, I loved what they, they did when they tied in the character, of the legend. Oh, I loved Paul Reiser as the legend. I fucking loved him as the legend. The legend (laughs) in the comics, and a little bit in this, is that he's a Stan Lee uh, character. So the way they do it in the comics is because it's uh, an older series. that came out in the early 2000s is when it started. Superhero movies weren't really a big thing. So what Vought did to spin their narrative... To get people to love the com or love the characters and to buy toys and merchandise of the characters was they put the stories into comic books. So, if they wanted to tell the story about how Homelander, you know, stopped this villain from doing this, they wouldn't just come out and make it like in this in this universe they'd make a movie off of it, kind of like how they did to show how they beat Stormfront in the comics universe they would go to the legend and have him write a comic about it and release the comic book telling the story of what happened. And so that's what the character of the legend is. And so the, the, the legend knows all these dark, dark secrets because he's the one that had to write the cover story for him and all this shit. And I like how in this, he was kind of like a talent agent. He was a manager. He would, you know, get them gigs. He would get them in movies and shows to tell their stories in movies and shows Kind of doing the same thing. He was a producer. That's what he was. And I, oh, he just had some of the best lines. Like, I truly loved that line when he was like, I don't remember what actress he was talking about. He's like, I was balls deep in this actress. And Marlon Brando was balls deep in me. And Huey just kind of gives him a look and he's like, what? That's gay now? Who cares? Like, I just really loved like some of those things, you know, there's the, some of the, the little lines he would do in there, you know, he's like, whatever, you know, Homelander was, or not Homelander soldier boy was having sex with his maids. And he's like, there've been two Jacqueline's in that bed, you know, or, yeah, or when he's in yeah. there, and he's like, and, and, but then, even then there was like some really smart jokes about it too. And he's like, you know, I can never fire them now. Right.
1: Yeah. I, that one was the one that I thought of. Yeah, Even like when he's just saying like whenever I think it was Huey that was like um, oh that's an interesting nickname and he's like it's not a nickname. It's a status. <laughs> like <laughs> that was cool.
0: Yeah. No it's just it was really great I, and I th- I loved the way Paul Reiser played it. I thought it was fantastic. And I just really loved that character and it's just I love it. Once again it's a big change from the comics but like I said the characters itself is the same. Like the purpose of the character like those aspects of the character are the same, so i I really loved how they tied that aspect together. you know I also really liked uh the way they showed that like they showed even further in this like a or a a common theme I should say through all of the boys is like the whole disgraced heroes or the older heroes or the just the uh, no longer popular heroes. Are essentially treated the same as as kid actors, like it's or just actors from old shows. You're doing cons, you're doing this, you're doing that. You're just scraping by on your old popularity to get something. And I thought, that, yeah. like the the child actor one, it really is the the mesmerizer from the first season. And I love that they had Haley Joel Osment play that character, like yeah. arguably one of the biggest kid, kid actors of all time. You know, I mean, he's, he's essentially got fucking Shirley Temple status. I mean, nominated for an Academy Award as a child.
1: And he's just, one of the best of them. Yeah.
0: And then put into everything. He was in paid forward. He was in country bears. I mean, he was technically in Stanley Kubrick's last movie, you know, with AI, you know, he just, he was everywhere. And then the world forgot about that man. You know,
1: and he was so good too. And he's making a comeback too. He's
0: done, he's been doing stuff now. And I, and I like that. But I, I, but of course, like it's so great that they had him play that character who was a kid star superhero. And they're just now forgotten and shit. You know, and I liked how they did it with the twins in this, in this season. You know, they had some popularity in the 60s and 70s and now they're kind of just fueling off that. They don't, You know, they're so over all that shit, they hadn't even used their powers in years. Yeah. But they're still skating by on that shit, you know? So I really liked the way they portrayed a lot of that stuff. I like the way that they've... I like the way they've done Vought in this show. Where Vought is just... synonymous with American corporate culture. You know? When it benefits them... Back the blue. When it benefits them, Black Lives Matter. When it benefits them, you know, be brave like Queen Maeve. You know?
2: (laughs) Yeah. And all those slogans and all that stuff. When they went to the amusement park and there was a BLM, BLT sandwich place, there was a woke walk. (laughs) Yeah. Station. (laughs) I just found all of that hilarious. But it's so kind of true about just how even those causes are just being corporatized. And that's what it feels like. Like when you watch TV now, when you see things now, you wonder, is any of this genuine at all? Or are we just taking advantage of the political climate at the time? And The Boys is great about showcasing it without necessarily taking a stance on it. It's just showing this is what is happening, you know?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what was I, w- I want to say? It's the first season. Maybe it's the second. I, like I, I've seen all this shit like so quickly. Like I watched it all, then when I binged it to like watch it all this for this and stuff, it all bleeds together. But one of the seasons when A Train does essentially the Pepsi commercial that Kendall Jenner did. There's like yeah. the the Black Lives Matter commercial where it's like, hey guys, the police and people shouldn't fight. Drink a Pepsi, and he did it with A Train or A Train Energy Drink. Yeah, you know. Yep, uh, and I love because and I loved the way they did that commercial too—the fake commercial in it. Because he's like, "Hey, what's going on over there?" And they're like, "It's a protest." And he's like, "Oh, we should do that." And they're like, "No, you got to go to set." And He's like, "Hey, this is what matters." Hmm. And
2: then, yeah, that was just yeah the,
0: the way they did that. This is what matters. And then he yeah. goes and he's like, "Oh no, the police are here. Here's an energy drink, guys. Everything's a okay now." They, they they fucking did that so well. And that's what I mean when I'm like, this fucking show oozes satire at every level. I mean, and it just, and it's unapologetic with it, you know, like when it benefits, like at one point, a train's like, Hey, we should do a show about like how I actually grew up and all this other stuff. And they're like, no, we want it to be like this. Like when they're, it's in the first season, when they're doing the documentaries about the the history of all their heroes. And he's like, that's not how I grew up. Like, I grew up like this. And she's like, no, it's like this now and this, you know, in this show. But then now in the third season, they're like, hey, you know, we want you to grow up on the dangerous south side of Chicago and have gangs and stuff, which was a little bit closer to how he actually grew up. But then, of course, they wanted to make it more dangerous and dirty and all this other stuff. And he's like, but that's not right either. And she's like, oh, no, but that's what we're doing now. Like when it fits for them now, now they want to do it. And I just love that because that's what all these corporations do. Yep, And they just, and they do it just seamlessly in this show. You know, they'll have, they'll be like, oh, you know, the, the mainstream media is lying to you. And they're saying that to you on the VOT News Network. And nobody's like, oh, there's corporate, you know, there's no corporate conflict there. Vought's not lying to us. The media is on the <laughs> Vought News Network.
2: <laughs> yep.
0: You know, it's just so fucking great how they did all that. You know? And I mean, the episode I was looking forward to the most this season, I want to talk about it a little bit. And that's Hero Gasm. I was looking forward to that episode. Not because I'm some degenerate sex addict or anything. It's because... In the comics, hero gasm is like a six-issue arc and has some of the craziest shit you will ever see in a fucking comic book. Like, there's just, there's like, you know, you'll go like 20 pages in a row of just superhero fucking in that comic. And it's not even like, it's not even like superhero porn. It's just like, that's what they're doing. Because in the comics, what hero gasm is... Is in comic books, a common thing to do is be like, hey, all of Earth's superheroes have to go to outer space and fight this one space bad guy to save the world. So we'll be back, guys. They all leave and they go go beat the super bad guy. and Then they all come back to Earth. In the comics, that's a cover story for them to take like a weekend off and just go fucking do drugs. They're not actually going to do that. They're going to fucking do drugs. But then why do you think they fought a super evil bad guy? Because the legend wrote the comic book talking about how they went and fought a Galactus motherfucker. So that, that's one really smart thing about the comics. That's the cool. comics make fun of comic book tropes. Kind of like how this show makes fun of comic book movie tropes. You know. Um. But... That's what hero gasm is in the comics. And so when they're like, we're doing hero gasm this year, I'm like, how the fuck are they going to do hero gasm? I mean, hero gasm literally is one step away from just authentically having porn. And so when they were like, man, get ready for hero gasm, it's going to be some of the most fucked up shit you've ever seen. Not going to lie. Hero gasm didn't phase me that much. And then I was like, what does that say about me? That I watched that episode and went, I've seen worse. It didn't really shock me. Because they're like, get ready for the shock of your life, hero gasm. And I'm like, okay. They tried. I get it. You know, they can't like, you know, I knew knew they couldn't do what they did in the comics. Because like I said, the, the comics take it to a whole other level of shit. I mean, so I get that, but I was a little bit lit down by it. I'm not gonna lie. I'm maybe I am just too depraved in life, but, but even then though, as much as I was kind of lit down by those scenes, the story around it all fucking fantastic.
1: Yeah, it was really good.
0: I mean, you have that great fight sequence whenever they catch Homelander off guard, and it's Billy and and Huey and Soldier Boy against Homelander.
1: That was great.
0: You have that great scene at Real the end good. when Annie's like, "Fuck this noise!" I'm putting Vought and Homelander on blast. Yeah, you get. I mean, the the scene that was probably the most fucked up though was. The scene whenever Annie walks in on the deep. Getting feliciated by an octopus.
1: Yeah, that was something.
0: And then that ties into earlier what I was talking about with the deep. When they did a very good job and Chase Crawford does a great job of acting this. That the character is too stupid to realize that he probably shouldn't ask his wife. To fuck an octopus with him. And it does not cross his mind that really that is over the line. You know, and I like the fact that the actress that plays his wife in the story itself, when they're starting that scene, when he's like, Hey, our sex life has become a little plain and vanilla. And maybe we should spice it up a little bit. And the actress does such a great job of being like, okay, what you got in mind. Okay. He's like, hey, I want you to introduce you to somebody. And she gets a little hesitant, but it's not a no. She's like, okay. You want to bring someone else in the bedroom? I'm okay with that. We'll see. Let's let's see where this goes. And then he's like, octopus. And she's like, what? What?
1: <laughs> she's like, I don't want to do that. Yeah.
0: And then I like how she's just lying next to it and she's creepy. She's trying to be, she's trying to respect what he wants and all this other stuff and all these things. And She's lying on the bed next to him, and he's like, "Hey, she wants to taste you." And the octopus puts its tentacle on her, and then that's when she just nopes the fuck out. At that point, it's like she's she's accepting it because nothing's happening to her. She hates it, but she's accepting it. But the second that octopus touches her, she just nopes the fuck out, which is reasonable, reasonable as fuck. <laughs> But yeah, like, that's just as weird as all that shit was. It was a kind of a greatly written scene. Like just the way they did it and the way the actors portrayed it. it, 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 It's a weird scene, but it furthers the story. Because what happened? She left the deep. She's now wrote, she wrote a tell all book about her relationship with the deep, which obviously she had already written because it was released like a, like four days later she's on talk shows about it. And, you know, it once again goes back to the deep is now he's alone and eating ding-dongs. Which is a common theme for his character. So I really appreciated that they have a fucked up scene about a man wanting a three-way with an octopus and his wife. And it somehow still furthers the story in its own weird fucked up way.
1: Yep. And like and and I don't this I don't think was in season 3. It was more in season 2 when like basically he's trying to come to terms with what he did to Starlight um and ba- you know basically it's him like they essentially saying you don't accept your own body and that's why you violate other women's bodies. And I just thought that was a surprisingly profound take on it because when you see what happens, and it is the first episode ever, I think that it happens, right? A first or second episode of the whole show when he um propositioned starlight first first episode, no. right mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so it's still this this thing it's still a a story, it's still a thing in the back of your mind throughout the entire show because they still have aspects of both of those characters dealing with the fallout of that. And that take on it was just surprisingly profound to me where it made me feel like, hmm. so he's not just this. I mean, he's entitled. He feels entitled in a way, that's sort of like what Sterling was saying, he's just too dumb to know that like, Oh, this isn't what every woman wants all right, well, that's weird. Like, it's like, he's just too, he's too dumb to realize like that. Not every woman wants that from him, you know? But, um, at the same time, like that whole aspect of like, no, he can't accept his own body. He can't even look at it. He's, he's not okay with himself. And that's why he's doing that to them. And I just really appreciated that perspective that they brought in on that because, It's a hard topic in general, you know, with sexual assault and but to actually tell it or show it from the perspective of the person who um, was the not the victim um, and to see like what is in their mind, what is in their mindset. And, And not that I'm saying like, you know, we should sympathize with all people who sexually assault people. I'm just saying like it was just something that surprised me that brought a deeper understanding and actually more um, depth. Yeah. To the deep, (laughs) you know, like he, you, you actually do feel like, Oh, there's more to him. There is more to him than what we're thinking. And um, it it was interesting because it's just not something that you're ever like, I'd love to know more about this guy who sexually assaulted somebody. (laughs) <laughs> but in this show and how they write it and how they write him as a character, somehow you're, you're like invested in seeing how he's going to grow and learn and whatever from this. It's interesting, but but no, yeah, like it's carried on. And I agree. I think in that, that whole episode, that was one of the, uh, weirdest and most disturbing things that they showed in that one episode when he's with the octopus and you could tell that like Starlight was um I think at least in my mind I'm thinking she thought that was another girl doing and like that she that he was trying to make another girl do the same thing that he made her do and and then just see that and take the opportunity to be like yeah I'm taking evidence of this (laughs) like And I love that she was just kind of like that with everything too. like even with Homelander when she's like recording their conversation and all this stuff like I'm like she was smart about it. Like she she was she did exactly what she should have done in those situations, I think, you know, but um, but yeah, it was I just wanted to bring that up because it was a very surprising thing that they put in for this character that I didn't expect to appreciate the way that I that I do.
0: Justin, what about you? What are some more spoilery thoughts for you?
2: Um, uh, yeah, just um, it really, it's just really about the the growth of a lot of the characters. Uh, we already kind of discussed Black Noir a little bit, and then you guys talking about the deep, and all of that stuff was good. I concur with a lot of that stuff. Um, but just a lot of the stuff with Homelander, that moment where he decides to just sort of unapologetically tell how he's feeling or how he sees the situation. As far as, you know, everybody's manipulating, they've been manipulating me. They've been manipulating you. And I am superior. I am powerful. And I'm going to be proud of that. And I'm going to tell the truth about that. That whole, I'm not going to be persecuted for being powerful and I'm superior and I'm the hero, I'm superior. And you people need to listen to me and appreciate me. Um, Like that sounded so much like the sort of entitled white male that you hear a lot. Nowadays, you know, like the everybody's attacking me, Every, all of this inclusivity, all of this wokeism, and I'm not going to be mad at, my, mad at myself or I'm not going to feel guilty for how black people were done. You know, I'm me and I'm going to be proud of that. And I'm going to and, you know, I'm not going to be persecuted for who I am. It, it, it mirrored that exactly the same kind of rhetoric that you hear from people like that. So whenever Ashley comes to him the next morning and says, oh man, you got a 42% uptick with the white male audience. Like it's it's funny because you understand what the satire is attacking and who it's represented. And, and the cool thing about this show is that there are a number of times where it does that with different characters. Another uh, seed with the deep, the Imagine song where... After those attacks happened with Soldier Boy, they he starts that Imagine song, which was completely insensitive to everything that was going on with all the celebrities and stuff. And that and the and the and the sad part is is that that really happened with Gal Gadot and all those celebrities when COVID started and everything. So I thought that was hilarious, man. I started laughing so hard when they did that because. And it was and it was funny, not because of how not anything so much that was happening on the screen, although all the guest appearances and stuff that and the people who participated in that, that was a lot of cool uh cameos from people. But still, I was laughing because I'm like, man, just thinking in my head, this actually happened, man. Some people got together and did this imagine yep. song and thought that this was and thought that this was a nice gesture. So I thought that that was great. That that was a, another just awesome bit of satire. And then all the A-Train stuff with, I liked that per, that perspective too. This person who's always been about himself and stuff like that and trying to sort of capitalize on the, Black Lives Matter movement and stuff like that, and police brutality and stuff like that. I like that whole storyline with Blue Hawk and this soup that's doing the police brutality and then sort of the the back and forth that it put A-Train in. And then ultimately when he did um, try to do something with Blue Hawk at that event and try to, um, you know, Smooth the things over with Blue Hawk, I guess you could say something wound up happening to his brother, you know, and his brother got hurt really bad. And and then just the back and forth of all of that, him killing Blue Hawk, but then his heart um, basically almost basically almost stopping on him. And then them saving him with the heart of Blue Hawk, the very person that, you know, this was all about in the first place. So that was some awesome, just ironic, just crazy shit. You know, so even that little side storyline was was cool. Um, And then all the stuff with Billy Butcher, you know, all of that stuff with him. Um w- with that mind, I forget the name of the hero, but Soulja boy was after mindstorm but... mindstorm, okay, him that was crazy too, going back and seeing everything that happened with Butcher and his brother and how Butcher left and his brother committed suicide man, and just and you can see how butcher's father tied into all of that, which there was a lot of daddy shit going on with a lot of the characters. You know, Soldier Boy, Homelander, not having a dad and then wanting to be a dad and then all the shit with Butcher. That's a big tie-in to this shit, too, was the um, the sins of the fathers or, or lack thereof. You know what I mean? That was all over this stuff, too. But that was pretty crazy to see that part of Butcher's story. And, you know, Butcher can be... Butcher's just kind of that character where it's like he comes off a certain way and he's sort of the anti-hero badass of this story. But you get him, you understand him, and Carl Urban just has a way of playing the character that's endearing. Or or, or even that moment where that that Homelander moment he sort of had. Like, I love how the characters sort of parallel each other too. Um, Even though they hate each other, they parallel each other in a lot of ways. And I like how he's looking at the TV and Homelander's talking to him in his mind going, oh, you're really going to shoot up that V? Man, this is low even for you to do something like this. And so he sort of imagines Homelander telling him that you shouldn't, this is a line you shouldn't cross. You hate soups. Now you're going to try to become one. So all of that little conflicting stuff going on in his head is great. And it's crazy because him and Homelander hate each other, but there are all these interesting parallels, which is what makes them, which is what sort of makes the rivalry great. You
0: know? Oh, not to be cliche about it, but they really are two sides of the same coin.
2: Yeah, they are. They are. When you look at all of that, they are. And this season, and sure, I'm pretty sure that was by design. But this season, to me, made that more apparent than anything. A lot of parallels going on with them as characters, even down to the fact that at the end of season two, Ryan chooses um, Butcher, but at but here at the end of season three, he chooses Homelander. So you even kind of had that sort of thing happen, you know, um, at the end of season two and season three. And, man, little Ryan, man, that little smirk on his face whenever Homelander kills the libertard and everybody starts cheering and everything like that. And that little smirk you get from Ryan was kind of scary, man. And fuck that
0: creepy ass little kid.
1: (laughs) I mean, I think. Some that that's true about Billy Butcher's character like it, there's just so many layers to him I actually really really like his dynamic and his relationship with Huey and like just seeing how he very much is like sees that as like his little brother you know and why he mm-hmm. just definitely wants him around and why he relates to him and has a pull towards him is because of that and I think that's a really great dynamic Um because he is sort of that one person or one of the only people that's actually going to like kind of speak to him in, in a way he needs to hear it and him listen. (laughs) Um, But yeah. And, and I do think it was interesting too, to see where, um, you know, when Billy and Homelander kind of, when they both have their powers and they have to team up against soldier boy to protect creepy kid, Ryan, like I, that was an interesting but cool moment to see that where they're just like, oh, man, like never thought you would see the day where the two of them are like, you know what? We're going <laughs> to kind of team up together for just a quick minute to protect this child, you know, and even the whole relationship that Billy has with Ryan is so messed up and kind of heartbreaking because it's like he I'm glad that they did show the side of him where he's being um, kind to him, and he's he's investing in him, and he's trying to be kind of like that parental figure that he needs for his wife's sake, you know. But then just knowing in the back of his mind how much he kind of in a way resents him so much for what happened to his wife, and the fact that it's like you're not even my child. And just how much that has to, like, anytime he looks at that kid, just thinking about how, you know, his wife was raped and then how his wife was killed. Like it just all of that is it's such a messed up dynamic and relationship they have. But that was really interesting to explore as well, because you just I didn't know at any given moment where that was going to go with the two of them. And I was just waiting for the other shoe to drop with that because. It was only so long that he was going to be able to be that guy before he was just like, I hate you for what you did to my wife, you know?
2: Yeah. And the fact that the kid is a soup. So there's all these conflicting things with that. Like he wants to end all soups. He just feels that the only way to really get past this in advance is that they all have to meet their end. And that would include Ryan. You know what I mean? So there's so there's some conflict there with that. And I do believe Butcher does care about Ryan. I think he wants to care, but there are just all these conflicted things. And then the crazy thing about Ryan is Ryan is a naturally born soup. So that's another layer on top of this that sort of makes him unique to all of this is that. To my knowledge, that's the only natural born soup, right? That we have in the show, yes. Okay, in the show, so yeah. So in that's comics, another. It's,
0: it's not that rare at all. In fact, like a few of them are even Maeve's kids. Like Maeve has kids, and they're oh soups, okay, like in the show. Like, oh okay, yeah.
2: And uh, so, so there's that, and, and and also though with um, and we don't know a lot about Victoria Newman. I wonder if she's a naturally born soup. No, she, she, she got it from V. Oh, she, she was made. Okay. Okay. That was the whole
0: point of that, that place she went as a kid or no, that place she went to as a kid was a place where people that took Vought's money to inject their kids with V and their kids fucked up and killed them. That's how they hushed it up.
2: I was, they would that's take custody right, of them. That's and put right. Them there. And that's where they got all the pictures of the exploded heads. Okay. Yeah. It's all coming back now. Okay. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. right. Yeah. She was there. Never mind.
0: I mean, but the thing is, is, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but some of the, some of the things are a little hard to keep track of with some of that stuff because they're so good at putting depth to their characters. You know, like there is, there's a lot going on. Like, there's 24 episodes, but you've got,
2: you feel like you have a good deal of history with all of them. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And her, they've only given you tidbits because I feel like they're really going to do a dive into her a little bit more in yeah. the fourth season. So I'm trying to remember everything, all of those little details. Cause, but they've given you details about her, but not as much as them because I feel like they're waiting. So and, we should be getting some good scenes with her. And, and that's also her, because her life was like.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's also because she's only been a main character in the third season.
2: Yeah. She shows up yeah. in
0: the second season and she's only been a main ish character in the second or the third season.
3: Yeah. So yeah,
0: there's yeah. there's definitely I I agree with you, Justin. I think they're gonna go more into her shit.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I mean and it really is also like just. I Again, and I think I kind of said this before, the whole idea of like the human condition and being a human is explored so well on this show. And like I and I think that's I, I and I love and I think that's part of why I love uh, Kimiko's character so much is like, you know, even in this, um, you know, this season when she's talking about how she's like. I don't think it's the the V that actually makes you this way. Like, I think it depends on the person, the person and what they do with it. That's what decides who's a monster and who's not. And it was just such a great, like revelation about <laughs> like, you know, her just how much she is growing and learning about herself throughout this whole season. And like, but just how that relates to literally everybody, like that statement just speaks to literally every character, you know, and it it was just really a cool way to kind of hone it all in and kind of sum it up really. But I do agree. I think that they'll probably go into um, Victoria into her story a little bit more next season. Um, And because I, I don't know, I'm trying to think, I mean, Yeah, I think Sterling, you're right too with Homelander. I mean, he's always kind of the big bad of the show, but he's going to be the ultimate big bad in next season because it's all about trying to take him down and destroy him and defeat him. And so he has to be the big bad. So I think they're going to explore Victoria, but she's not going to be the big bad. She might team up with Homelander in some kind of way, but. I just feel like, um, I don't know, I she might kind of serve similar purpose to what she did this season, but be a little bit more of um, kind of in a sense of what Soldier Boy was, where he was like the other supervillain in a sense of the season. And I feel like they always kind of have that. Um, But. I, I will say one thing that was a little disappointing is. I really liked the character of Alex. I don't remember what his um, superhero name was. The one that starlight knew Super Sonic. before supersonic. Yeah. I really liked supersonic. Um, he wasn't in it that much, but like he seemed like he was going to be the only other person that sort of had the same um, like heart and character as starlight where he's like, he just really does want to do the right thing. And help people and be a superhero. Like he gave me that vibe that he was going to be that person that could be in the seven that would be able to help her with that and her not be the only person who actually wanted to do good. And I liked the small amount that they did with his character. And I'm kind of bummed out that we didn't get a little bit more of him before he died. Um, I understand he's, that was kind of the purpose of it is to sort of further that, anger that Starlight had towards Homelander and all of that. But he was just such a good character for even the little time he was there. He was a great character. So I'm kind of sad that he died so soon.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that. I mean, the the thing I the reason why I'm glad they killed him sooner, though, is because I think I would have gotten tired of Huey being jealous of him.
1: That's fair. Yeah.
0: So I was kind of glad that he died
1: very early I on did, in things. Yeah. I did like that they kind of tried to squash that um, quickly too when, you know, like obviously I think audience you're wondering, oh, does she still have a thing for him? Does he still have a thing for her? And then him making the joke and being like, I'm totally just kidding. No, like I just want to help you because it's the right thing to do. I, I like that. They kind of squashed that. Um, for the audience very quickly because I, yeah, that would have also been a very annoying thing to do in their relationship for sure.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, One thing I do want to ask you guys before we're done is on the boys subreddit during this season, apparently a bunch of people found out during the 3rd season that maybe just maybe Homelander is a bad guy. And apparently, I don't know, they missed <laughs> all of the clues in the 1st and 2nd season. Um I just want to ask Do you guys think that that is as crazy as I do watching the show? That it took him that long to go, wait a second, Homelander's the bad guy?
1: Yeah, I feel like that's pretty crazy. I think it's very clear from the first episode that he's bad. <laughs> but part of me is wondering, like, who are these uh, these people Like, saying this to, like, <laughs> are they the people that would be supporting him as a <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean but um, I I just think that's crazy because I think it's very clear from the beginning well yeah just to go
0: off what you were saying I think it's funny that like it took him this long to figure out he was the bad guy and I'm like sitting here also thinking what did he do this season that now makes you think he's bad that he did in the like didn't do in the other ones like he clearly just kept doing the same type of things over and over again like what was it about this season that made you go huh bad guy Go figure don't like him anymore. Right. Now I'm upset now. Cause he's the bad guy.
1: Not, you know, it wasn't the whole raping somebody or the whole murdering people that he just didn't want around or it was none of that. Right. But whatever from, I mean, unless it was, I mean, I will say in this season, <laughs> the the scene where he where it's his birthday and he's on the rooftop and he is supposed to be saving that girl from killing herself that was rough and that was really difficult to watch happen because that definitely was one of his worst moments of a lot of worst moments for him <laughs> like so i don't know if it was that scene where he basically just told her to jump that's the only thing i can think of specifically more that was done this season. That wasn't typically done in the other seasons in that way. But again, literally he's done the same things. Like there's nothing. He's always been that guy. So I'm not sure.
0: I've got a counterpoint to that though. He killed a plane of people.
1: That's true. That Nope. That is very true. Um, and, and I wonder if it's just more people realizing his ego this season. But um, but no, you're right, because that's why I'm saying, like, literally from the very beginning, when he um, destroyed the plane of people and then let a plane of people die. Like it just that in itself is completely the clues that he's the bad guy. So. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of any reason that would specifically make people realize it in the third season opposed to others like because that was a more personal um one-on-one interaction so you get to see a little bit more of his menacing side I don't know but yeah it just it doesn't really make sense to me that people didn't know before the season
2: Yeah as far as how I feel about that um it was pretty apparent to me as well I mean the only way I could see someone maybe taking that view is if maybe on some level they expected him to maybe turn good or change or there are a lot of moments in the show where Homelander is given a choice to kind of do the right thing or uh, on the outset it looks like he might be actually making a good, good choice, but then you find out later. Oh nope! It was a b- he's on his homelander bullshit. So I don't know. I, unless maybe they were thinking that there was going to be a moment where this character changes, and then I mean, to some people, maybe I can see they're getting the vibe that he's like somewhat sympathetic with the whole Va thing and his upbringing and him like feeling like this lab experiment and trying to get from underneath that. And then you've got like, there are some humanity things about him, you know? Um, so that's not lost on me or this whole thing about Ryan and him seemingly really wanting to be a father to Ryan because he never had a father. You know, there are human elements to him. um, Beyond all the craziness. So I guess if a person watching this was focusing on all of that or focusing more on that and going, "Okay, I think this character is going to eventually turn it around. And then that's just never happening. And 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 maybe you could argue the first two seasons, it was a little back and forth with that. Is this the moment where he changes or when he finds out about what Voss really doing to him or that he was an experiment? Might that change him? Oh, he finds out he has a son. Will that change him? You know, maybe if you're a person sitting, watching this, sitting here thinking, okay, at some point he's going to change. At some point, I'm going to get the Superman that I'm familiar with. But By the third season, I just really don't know how. If you had any kind of doubt, if the like, like y'all are saying, if the airplane killing wasn't enough, if dating Stormfront, even after knowing that she was a Nazi wasn't enough, if if all that wasn't enough, how could you not see it by this third season? Because, boy, he did a lot of he did a lot this season. To just put that into bed. So I don't think it was actually there. I think this is more of a a byproduct of people maybe hoping or wanting or trying to see ahead of the show and thinking that this character is going to change. And it also might just be a product of today's times, man, too, because, you know, we always try to do these layered villains, And we always try to do these sympathetic villains. And we always try to do kind of... It's not enough to just have a villain anymore. Now, your villain has to be nuanced. We don't want any mustache twirlers. We don't want anything like that. You know, Now, it's not enough to just have a villain. We gotta have all these layers to our villains, too. That's sort of what us as fans have asked for. That's what we complain about. That's what they're trying to give us. So... These villains are not so black and white anymore. So maybe to some viewers, it is harder to just say definitively, this is the villain. You still have people out there saying Thanos was right. I don't know how Thanos was right about mass genocide, but you still have people who, who say that. So they stand by it. it. Yeah. So yeah. So No, I wasn't a person who's sitting here going Homelander might actually wind up being a good guy. But honestly, does the sentiment surprise me? Not at all. It's a product of what we've been given.
1: Well, I think it's also just even like in every little action he did, it wasn't even like the big extravagant things that he did that were like that. But it's like how, for example, in I think it's the second season when he's just taunting Rebecca, Basically, just like coming around and making her intentionally uncomfortable, knowing what he did and trying to manipulate her to be like, I yeah. have a right to be here because this is my kid. Just those little things, too, that were so manipulative and just so, um, what's the word like, menacing and, um, mm-hmm. just intentionally harmful things to just get into these people's minds that he has complete control and complete power even in the little things and like and those were the things that were sometimes the most terrifying because it's like this is who he is in every aspect of himself it's not even just i'm putting on a show for people and i'm gonna pull out my threats when i feel most threatened like he's pulling out threats when he doesn't need to he's he's doing these actions that are just so unnecessary because these people are already terrified of him and afraid of him like Rebecca and he's just still doing it to do it. And that is what makes him just so absolutely terrifying, you know? Mm
0: -hmm. No, that's fair. I just thought it was funny that like all of a sudden this season, I thought that they had done a good job of like, I get what you're saying, Justin, like where he kind of has some ebbs and flows with some of that stuff. But I thought they did a good job of really showing that while he's nuanced, he's bad. You know what I mean? Like, I get what you're saying, like the justifiable reasons and all that other stuff. That's still never been his character, even though he's like, I'm like this because I didn't have a family. And that's part of the theme is like, there is the nature versus nurture aspect to some parts of this show. But ultimately, they're like, he's also just a gigantic piece of shit regardless. Like he's a, you know, he murders a plane full of people because it's going to make him look bad if they live. Yep. I mean, that's a whole other level of bullshit. Yeah. I
1: mean, and that's why I'm just like, are these people who didn't realize he was bad, the just the people in the show that were essentially his like diehard followers by the end. Like, is it this real life people that are like, Oh, I didn't know he was bad. But then at that same time, they would still probably feel the same way about him in the third season, even more so. So I have no idea how people didn't, who these people were that didn't know that already, but. But, yeah, maybe it is just like, oh, I was just hoping he was actually going to be good and, you know, whatever.
0: That's kind of the scary thing about this season is there are people in the show that still love him. And that's because they didn't know everything. They didn't know he was murdering people. They didn't know all this other bullshit that he was doing. And it's weird that there are people outside the show that saw all that shit and went I connect with those people and how they feel about him.
1: Yeah, But then at yeah. the same
0: time I guess it weirdly these people were then weirdly represented in this season because that's the end shot with with, with him and yep. Ryan. They saw him that. murder somebody. And they went, fuck yeah.
2: Yep. Mm. And they were cool with it. And it yep. just mirrors these people that are like, man, I thought he was the good guy. <laughs> what does yeah. that say about us?
1: No, if that's abolition. a good guy. <laughs> and that's yeah. why I really, I love what you said, like at the beginning, Jason, where you're like, you know, it, <laughs> homelander is basically representing like who we in america are (laughs) like how how america is right now like he is the absolute like embodiment of that and it's a really great observation and really true though because man like just like this oh america like let's make everything look like it's fine and it's okay. And it's going to be all right. And I'm doing all of the right things because I'm American. I'm the greatest. (laughs) like And that's exactly Homelander to a T. So Mm -hmm. I I think it's brilliant and it's genius to do that in that way. Um, Just especially in the past couple of years and how America's been, you know, it's just, it hits home even more with, just everything that he's supposed to represent as his character, and yeah it's it's kind of yeah it's brilliant, the satire of it, the you know hidden message of it all is really um makes you think, honestly.
0: Very true. Are right, you guys got any more thoughts about this?
1: I do not know.
2: I think I'm good. Oh, and Mother's Milk was good. We didn't talk much about him, but you know what? He had a good arc, too. The stuff with his daughter and the kid and the back and forth with Soldier Boy and all of that stuff. That was a heartwarming scene that he had with um, Starlight where they were driving in the car and he was talking about why he has the OCD. All of that was great. So just a shout out to him. That 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 actor is doing was great. really well too. Mother's Milk is tight. I really like him.
1: He he was really great. Yeah. I liked him a lot too.
2: Yeah. That's it. Yep. Very a true. Promise. Him and Kimiko are
0: my two favorite characters on the show.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, that makes sense. He yeah, he's he's a great character and like he is sort of that uh, aside from Huey who you know Billy Butcher is just kind of like wants him around like mother's milk is like his right-hand man and his like kind of his conscience in a way to keep him down to earth and i love their dynamic too when he's just like like i know that you're terrible but like you're a whole level of terrible for what you just did here like i i yeah. love that he just really grounds him because that's what Billy needs. He needs that person because he's like, yeah, I know that I'm that way, you know, and and he continues to be that way. But he at least thinks about it more <laughs> like he he just needs that person to kind of tell him how it is. And that's Mother's Milk. Um, yeah. Yeah.
2: If Huey is the little brother, Mother's Milk is the big brother.
1: Yeah, that's, that's what it
2: is. That's what it is.
1: Man,
0: I, and I like that season, and I want to say, or that that scene, I want to say in season one or two, I don't, it might have been two, where Billy is telling him why they recruited him into the boys. Like, you know, it wasn't this, it wasn't that. It was like he was a natural leader in the end. Like, yeah. he was the guy that cared more about the boys than Billy would because Billy knew himself well enough to know I'm going to disconnect from them and I will be so focused on the end goal that I'm not going to care. Whereas he knew mother's milk would be the one to make sure that that wouldn't get the other people killed.
1: Yeah. To look after them and that, yep, that was a great scene. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And he does such a good job. Of, of, of portraying that in all these different ways. Like that scene in Hero Gasm, when he could go, he, he could keep trying to kill Soldier Boy, or he could help save people's lives. And he chooses yeah. to help save people's
2: yeah. lives. Yeah. Yeah, because man.
1: He's, he's honestly one of the only other characters that genuinely does do the right thing most of the time him and i think starlight are kind of the only ones that mostly do the right thing when it actually counts so yeah i that he's he's underrated you're right as far as like i don't i don't hear enough i mean i don't hear enough about him in this show over everybody else so i'm glad we talked about him because he really is he's solid he's a solid character
3: very true very true
0: All right, guys. Well, on that note, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Cinema Slayers Podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com or on Facebook where Cinema Slayers Podcast or Twitter and Instagram where Cinema Underscore Slayers or TikTok where Cinema Slayers Pod or YouTube where we're Cinema Slayers. Check all those out. Give us a five-star rating review. We'd really appreciate it on YouTube. Give us a thumbs up. Hit the like button. Subscribe. Hit the little notification bell so every... Thursday, you can get notified about these videos that come out on Thursdays. Podcast on Wednesday, videos on Thursday. So keep that up. Um, and also, shout out to uh, Black Wrestling, uh, Black Wrestlers Matter. We are officially sponsors of their Chicago event. Justin will be participating in said Chicago event. So if you're in the Chicagoland area, get your tickets now. It is in the Logan Square area on September uh, 2nd, which is Friday. Is it the second? Yes. Second. Uh, So definitely check that out. Um, And uh, shout out to Plug Migo and Mundo Ochoa for our theme song and logos, respectively. And uh, tell your family. Tell your friends. Tell your friends' family. Tell your family's friends. And most of all, tell those dear sweet mothers because they love...
1: Carl Urban. That's fair. I get that.
0: I get that. Um... And as I end all the YouTube videos, TikToks and podcasts, just remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is the best picture winner.
2: Oh, like, yeah, the first 10 minutes of the show. No, that first 15 minutes of the season opener was insane, dude. Like. Crazy. All of that happening in the Cinema first 15 slave. minutes was just such a crazy but awesome decision. Like I saw so many when it premiered. So many people were tweeting. So many people were like posting. Dang, I'm bare, I'm 15 minutes into this season opener for the boys, and everybody was talking about how that thing started. Like, because it just started pretty out there you know so
0: crazy thing is is you referenced it in your score and we talked about so much other shit we actually did not even talk about the fact until right now at the end of the episode that this season starts with a man called the tick or the termite I'm sorry the termite climbing inside a man's penis and sneezing exploding a man's body
1: yeah, that's something else. man. tried
2: to pleasure him from the
1: mm, inside. Right.
0: Not even in a malicious way. It was trying to just sexually pleasure a man. It sneezed from cocaine usage and killed him.
1: That's how
2: the
0: season oh, starts.
1: It's crazy.
2: Yeah. Like, that was <laughs> a, such an insane start. And so you're just like, well, damn, if this is how we're starting, okay. But like you said, even from season one, they established right away this is what you're gonna get. So almost in in a fitting sort of way, they did the same thing here with the start of season three. Like it's about to get real, guys. So yeah, it's almost like how do you,
1: you yeah, (laughs) like how do you keep this going? Like how do you top the first 15 minutes of your seasons? your season premieres and they do somehow like it's crazy.
2: Yeah. And it speaks to the boldness to start that way because a lot of shows could start that way and they don't have anything to follow something like that up. You know, Uh, I've seen a lot of shows blow their load, you know, (laughs) no pun intended, but kind of intended. Uh, And then you can't follow up with anything. I, that was a crazy decision, man. To start with that and go, oh, that's okay, because what we've got <laughs> coming up is gonna—they haven't seen anything yet, even in that that's, first yeah. fifteen minutes. So, yeah, it speaks to the quality of the show.
1: Yeah. Also, fun, maybe not so fun fact, but um, I found out this week that um, Kimiko, the the actress, um, she was Katana in that Suicide Squad movie. Oh.
2: oh,
0: world? she was? Why would you say that?
1: Yeah. I'm just saying. Why? Are you you know what? Up but she movie. wasn't the worst part of that movie, so whatever. Why does <laughs> she play roles
0: yeah. that never speak?
2: Does she have a weird voice?
1: She doesn't. I've heard her talk and she does not have a weird voice.
2: No, she sounds perfectly fine and she just looks, man, like I have such a crush on her, man. I think she's gorgeous. So
0: is she is she your crush from the show,
2: Justin? Yeah, I think I could say that. I think I could say that. That 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 would be my. If I had to pick one, that would be the one. She's great, and her Instagram is cool too. She's always taking cool pictures. She seems like a really nice person, just from what I can gather on social media. Which, of course, just is the truth about everyone. So,
1: of course. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's just adorable she's just so adorable as a little person yeah adorable little person who's who's your crush on the show Sterling? no it's your turn first oh oh kamiko no i'm just kidding um probably uh honestly probably huey i would say jack wade
0: or are you talking about the character uh, i was talking about the actor
1: uh, well Oh, actor wise. Mm. Yeah, probably Jack Wade. He's cute. He's cute in like a nerdy way.
3: Okay. Okay.
0: Oh, for me. Mm.
1: I don't know. Jensen Ackles is pretty attractive, though. But anyway, go ahead.
0: Mm. It's hard not to say Carl Urban.
1: He's also attractive, that is for sure, too.
0: But I'd actually have to go with, what's her name? Uh, Claudia Dumit. think that's how you say her last name. Oh, Victoria? Victoria Newman.
1: She's pretty. I get
2: yeah. it. Yeah, she is. She's cute.
0: I kind of want her and Cole Urban to get in a relationship just so I can love it. <laughs>
1: Oh, no. And then he just, you know, hates her so much because. In the show. Yeah.
0: But in real life, they don't hate each other. So.
1: Oh, you mean in real life?
0: Yeah. In real life. I want them to get together because I want to. I want that to exist. I want those two people to do sexy, sexy things to each other.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm out.